All right, after a one week, we are back and we have a lot to cover. We got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, which we don't really cover that much here, and something called Spider Tack. And I'll get into that in a little bit. And one of our favorite actors, Samuel L. Jackson, named his five favorite movies, and we'll get into that discussion. But we'll start with the NBA and we'll go to Mr. Basketball. Steve, give us a. Uh, an outline of the whole what's going on in the whole NBA right now. Sure. So the prediction I gave was always going to be right uh, because I picked just about every team had a chance to win it. That is true. Um, and I think it's been a wide open playoffs in the sense that the seven seeded Lakers I thought were kind of the favorite, but I did caveat that Anthony Davis needed to be healthy. He clearly wasn't healthy. One thing, I, one if I could make one observation overall. The Heat and the Lakers both lost pretty comfortably in the first round. I think the Heat were swept. The Suns kind of easily defeated the Lakers. Right. Six games series. Yes. Um, and I think that there's been a lot of analysis as to, you know, the Lakers blow them up. I heard Stephen A. Smith say that, and I give great deference to the great Stephen A. Smith, who knows more basketball than me. But I heard him say that this is it for this kind of Lakers team. They're never going to win a title again. Um, and I've heard a lot of people make similar comments about the way the Heat are constructed. I would just like to add one bit of uh, perspective, caveat one thing, that this is a very weird year. It was a short off season. There was a very, the season prior was upended, was upended by the COVID pandemic. It ran into October. And what two teams made it to last year's NBA Finals in the bubble? The Heat. And the Lakers. They've had injuries throughout the year. Jimmy Butler got COVID. Anthony Davis has been in and out of the lineup. LeBron was hurt for a little while. I don't think you could draw... I, I don't know how you could look at these teams and not say they're dog-tired. Right. Um, and, and really say that these teams are not going to be competitive going forward. So I, I would just like to say that starting this off, I think both of those teams will be back. I think as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, they are as good a team as there is in the NBA, and that there's no reason to think that if they are healthy, that the Lakers will be right back in the mix next year. I remember, though, i got to give you props. You picked the Hawks. I did. So I'll give you that. Now, uh, there's something else I want to say. Like You mentioned Anthony Davis, yes. right? Now, Charles Barkley has a, <clears throat> excuse me, a nickname for him. Calls him Street Clothes. Yes. Because he never plays. Yes. You think that's a fair judgment? Or is that something? Because first of all, Charles Barkley, I love Charles Barkley. He, he's the best. He's, he is the best at what he does. He doesn't care about what he has to, what he says. He he doesn't mind if he hurts somebody's feelings. He just tells it like it is, and it's true. Anthony Davis does not play a lot of games. Yes, I I don't like to rip athletes for not playing because it's a look. Barkley can say that right. he played in the he, NBA exactly and, exactly. But I I tend to look at it from. I can never do what those guys do, and that's out of Anthony Davis's control. Because I, I don't want to make it seem like I ripped the guy at all for being hurt. That's him getting hurt is not like Anthony Davis isn't going out there saying I want to get hurt. Right. You know he's putting in a lot of work to stay healthy, to stay on the court, and he's when he's healthy, a top five talent, a oh, top yeah. ten player in the NBA Absolutely. at worst, at worst a top ten. So I I heard what. 
Charles Barkley said, and I again I respect him. He knows more basketball than me, but I I'm not going to rip Anthony Davis like no, that. No, no, you can't. You can't rip. It's just funny because Barkley can though. Yeah, of course he and can. And he doesn't mind because he's still like as much as he's more like with these players now. He's still a little bit of that old school. Absolutely. Like I'm not. I don't want to be on a super team. I want yes. my team to beat your team. I don't yep. want to be with. He, you know, told Michael Jordan, you know, hey, you got a lot of hangers on, Mike. You know, I mean, they're gonna mm-hmm. kiss your butt and whatever, and mm-hmm. they haven't spoken or have been as close as they've been. Mm-hmm. So he's not afraid to give an opinion and whatever. No. And I, no. but the other thing I want to ask you and all, all you guys, with LeBron and the Lakers out, mm-hmm. and you guys are casual fans, Mikey. I mean, you're not a. I mean, you know the NBA and went and Zach. I was then probably the most casual fan. You are probably uh, the most casually dressed yeah. NBA fan. With I, LeBron I and the Lakers it. out, does that? Like make it that you wouldn't watch it at all. You don't care anymore about it, or, or do you think the casual fan, as opposed to the diehard, is going to watch regardless? Well, I'll, I'll I'll speak from or more. Or just NBA. one more thing. Oh, does, sure. does LeBron have the cachet where if the casual you're going to watch it if LeBron's in it, or you're going to follow it more? Well, you could just look at the ratings, the playing game between the Lakers and the Warriors. That was watched at a you know, a Game 7 type right. rating. That drew right. a huge number, that playing game between the Lakers and the Warriors, where the matinee, the poster, marquee. the marquee, excuse They're me, marquee the marquee, guys. marquee. Is, you know, on every graphic, it's every advertisement, it's LeBron versus Curry. That's going to draw in the marginal customer. I'm watching already. I'm up last night watching as much as I can of the right. Suns Nuggets before I fall asleep. I... Personally, think that obviously for the sports stars are good because it brings in the the marginal customer. Right. But yeah, there's there's no doubt that I think the NBA, of course, wanted LeBron James to at least right. go far. I think the best thing for the NBA would have been L.A., Brooklyn, right, California, New York, right, LeBron, AD, Kyrie. KD, James, James Harden. Harden, that would have been the coup de grace for the NBA. Absolutely. I'll, I'll turn it over to the to the more marginal customer. Zach, I know you're, as you would say, the most marginal customer. I think if there was ever a way for you to watch the NBA Finals, it would have to be something like that, right? Well, I think that, yeah, the, the coastal rivalry would just be super cool just because, you know, New York, California, that'd right. be great, and you have LeBron James there. But I did... The, like again, I don't know much about basketball, but I did know that like every year, for at least the past what would be about five seasons, it was uh, Golden State, mm-hmm. you know, and wherever LeBron was exactly. at. Exactly. So like that's interesting, but also I think it is really neat that other teams now have right. have it. Right. I mean, I also have a dog in the fight because I'm a big fan of Chris Paul. And Stephen, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the closest he's come or this is this this is i think right now the best shot chris paul is going to have at winning a title he's got a great young player in devin booker um who unfortunately a lot of if lebron had not the nba and lots of leagues that play night games it's tough for the wet there is an east coast bias ratings drop off because the, the the normal customer is it's hard to stay up at 10:30 on a weeknight to watch yeah. you know Suns Lakers or you know Suns Jazz at 9 it's right. it's hard to stay up and watch <clears throat> it so the ratings aren't always great in those games but there's a real young talent Chris Paul has now with Devin Booker they're up 3-0 on a good Nuggets team with the MVP of the league Nikola Jokic right. I've I've stipulated this is the hardest 
this is the hardest playoffs to size up and say who I think is going to win, where I could legitimately look at you and say I could say 10 teams could win. That could win. Right. Um, but I really think that if – and look, they're up 3-0 now on a good Nuggets team um, that I could easily see now the Suns getting to the NBA Finals. And if you're in the NBA Finals, yeah, it's you or the yeah. other team. That Nets <clears throat> team is very good. Yeah, that Nets team is very good. Even without James Harden, they won a defensive battle. Oh, excuse me, they lost that game the other night. With that was the defensive battle. That was eighty six, eighty three. Yeah, it was really a very close. But they blew game. them out the first game by like fifty at the one first point. Games, they were fifty points. I have to say, the biggest disappointment has been Giannis again. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. The Greek freak. The Greek freak, as we like to call uh, it. I think it's been um, a great disappointment that his game has not evolved. I know I mentioned that he hasn't developed some kind of ability to play away from the basket, particularly in the playoffs, where teams are basically locking him off from going to the rack. And he's afraid. There was a moment in that game the other night where he's being guarded by Blake Griffin, and you see the wheels in his head spinning where he's he's thinking of taking him to the rack, and he's dribbling harder, and right. then he pulls back, and then he finally goes, and he goes very weak to the hole where his game is just not wired to this NBA where you kind of need that ability to be able to to hit a jumper late in the game. And that was a game the Bucks should absolutely have won, where if the Nets are going to score under 100 points, right. if you want any chance of beating the Nets, you're going to have if you if you're going to have any chance of beating the Nets in a 7-game series, if they're not on offensively, you have to win that game yeah, because absolutely. they will score points so fast on you. Two things in that. One, I think Blake Griffin's resurgence. Yeah. Every, you know what I mean? He was just mm-hmm. like a kind of, okay, we got him, but he's been hurt forever. There's a guy you could call streak. He was hurt a lot, mm-hmm. but he's really come on with this Nets team. He's taking on that role of being like the fourth, fifth yeah, best he's, player. And, and, he's, and he's showing a little bit of what he, because mm-hmm. he was a dynamic player early on in his career. The second thing is I don't think the Greek freak, and I won't even try to pronounce his name, but I don't want to kill it, has a great supporting cast either. I don't think he's got like... Like a big three, you know what I mean? If he was on, let's say, with Durant uh, and you know, and and Kyrie or something, or Harden and something like that, I I think he'd be, I think he feels the pressure a little bit more that he sure. has to take over the game and everything. Sure, I mean, he does have Chris Middleton, he does yes. have Drew Holiday. I w- I would agree with you that his supporting cast is not on the par of having another Durant, right, or right. another well, AD. Yeah. He doesn't have a top five talent, but he does have an All Star in Middleton. True, he does have a of a. a an excellent player in Drew Holiday. But I, I would agree with that. I think part of it, too, is coaching, where I think uh, Coach Budenholzer sometimes doesn't always know what spots to put Giannis in. I think there are times he can play off the ball well. He's one of these players that kind of needs the ball, but he's not a great facilitator. Right. One of the one of the one of the I know I'm jumping around. I'm trying to give the full picture of the NBA playoffs. Somebody I'm, I'm impressed with whose game. He's adapted well to this league, even though he can't shoot. Is Ben Simmons? Right. I'm, I'm impressed with it because he is so limited from a point where he could shoot that his passing needs to be so good to make it, to keep him valuable to stay on the floor. That when you watch him play a team like the Hawks, where they have so many people that could shoot. Him going to the basket, he's still able to do it, and he's still able to drive and collapse and kick out to good shooters like Seth Curry. That to the point where. He's not a liability on the floor in the playoffs. At least right now, I'm not seeing that against him and the Hawks, right. especially in game. The Hawks put up a lot of shots. There's a lot of long rebounds. There's a lot of transition game. He's dynamic in that setting. And he 
is not the liability in the way that Giannis is right now. Right. And it's it, it like it, it was a seminal moment why in the in the Bucks did win that game. But watching him be afraid to take Blake Griffin to the basket was right. you're a two time MVP. He can't take over a game no, at this point. He, he it, it can't. And like, I, yeah. again I don't want to I'm not the guy that rips players. That's no, not who I, I, I am. No, we're not we're just I'm like just, kind of pointing out. I just though, I can't that right now for for the for me to take the Bucks seriously I think the Nets are going to win the series in five or six games. I think that the fact that that it had to be an 86-83 game right. that you're never, ever, ever, right. ever going to get with a Nets team that has Durant and Kyrie. Right. The fact that it had to be that close on a night where the Nets couldn't buy a basket, right. that's real trouble for me. I think this is a five, six game series. I think the Nets are going to win relatively easy. Um, and I would say that that stuck out to me because they looked so good against that Heat team that blew them out last year in the playoffs, the Bucks, and people really thought this series was going to be a real, this was a real test. You're going to get the Bucks against the Nets, and and they're able to take one game, but the two games the Nets have won have been blowouts. Right. So that's, again, just kind of a, a high level. And, Zach, I, I, this is, to me, I'm rooting now for Chris Paul to get this ring because he's been such a good player, and we, we do this thing all the time in sports analysis where we say, if this player doesn't win a ring... They're nothing. And Chris Paul has been a great player in a league that's been in a in a in a league that's been he it's in the era of the super team and he just hasn't had that one extra thing he's needed yeah. just to get over when he was with the Rockets he's then had he got to, hurt too in that first too that he, was the thing he, that, he, that that's the thing that hurt getting him. hurt against that 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 Rockets team almost upset. That Warriors team, right? But they just—I think they missed 17 threes in a row. Yeah, they that had, game yeah. and and at Game Seven where the where the where the Warriors then went to the went to the final. Chris Paul has been so close, and people give this guy credit. Chris Paul is definitively a top five point guard ever to play in the NBA. Well, and he has he has an unreal stat that he had uh, on three. He's the only player in the NBA on three different teams that have 15 or more uh, assists and no turnovers. And he did it over a span of a decade. Mikey. So that's one of the unreal stats ever. Thank you so much that for bringing that stat, up. Mikey. Because when you look at Chris Paul's resume, if you just put it up blind, he is a top five point guard who's ever played in this league. And the only t- the only thing somebody can come up with, why, why is Chris Paul not top five? Well, he doesn't have a ring. Right. What kind of garbage? Like, you look at who he's had to go through. He, he's had to deal with... The, when he first got into the league with the Spurs, the, mm-hmm. the the dominant Spurs, he had Kobe Bryant still in the le- the league with the Lakers getting to the NBA Finals, and then he has the the dynasty of the Warriors. He's had to play with LeBron James still in the NBA, and and think of all the good players that LeBron's had when he won rings. It's a team game, and we always say, well, Chris Paul is not a top five point guard because he doesn't have a ring. Bullshit. Yeah. And I would love to get that finally off his plate. To get yeah. that finally off it and give him the credit he well, deserves. Well, rings are the things. So that's what for the NBA too, because like you were saying, is this a good for the casual fan? It's always great when LeBron's in because you either watch because you love LeBron or you want to prove that he's not better than Jordan, so you want to see him lose. Right. Right. So people love that. But so I think the best matchup for the NBA would be for it to be the Suns versus Brooklyn because right. it would be people would either be rooting for or against Chris Paul to get his first ring or for or against a super team. Really, are, are, are there people that are? I mean, I, maybe it's just my own intuition. It doesn't seem like Chris Paul has a group of people who are 
loyally d- against him? Are there, are there? No, it's just the, the knock on Chris Paul is he's never won the big game as if somehow Chris Paul's teams not winning the big game is because Chris of Paul. Chris Paul's deficiencies, yeah, right. which is garbage. If you look at it from a, a point guard perspective, he's an excellent facilitator, excellent defender. He's approved over time with his uh, three-point shooting ability. The fact that he's still playing at a high level at this age helping a player like Devin Booker who's an ascendant star in the league this this is like it's like the rising versus the ruling power this playoffs you're seeing the LeBron James go out early this is you get to see the young talent Mikey's Donovan Mitchell the Utah Jazz uh you know Devin Booker uh with uh with the Suns uh this Hawks team that has Trey Young the M- the 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 Sixers that have Embiid and and Simmons, it's a real smorgasbord of like the best ascendant young talent. You got to see a good seven game series of what Luka Doncic can do against Kawhi Leonard. This one is really about sort of the the young talent that's that's been able to be out there. And then for Chris Paul to with all these young stars kind of showcasing if he can win it this year, going up against a super team like the Nets, what that would do to his legacy, it would it would it would erase any doubt and you'd watch the conversation on him change overnight and just I would, because I would, he wants the and I would, I would love that because I just think he's I mean, I think that Chris Paul is just like an outstanding human. Like I, I fell in love with Chris Paul because of a real sports profile I saw on him. I could talk about him forever. The guy the guy's amazing. There would have been no bubble. There would have been no season last year without Chris Paul. He was the architect of that. Mm-hmm. He got all the players on side mm-hmm. to do that. The man is a leader in every sense of the word. So I think for basketball and for him, I would love to see him win. He made him, and now correct me if I'm wrong, him and Blake Griffin made the Clippers relevant. For, yes, absolutely. Yeah. They were, you know, it was Lob City. Yeah, because he always got to, I mean, think about it with the Clippers then. You know, he had Blake Griffin, but then Blake Griffin got hurt. Like you say, never really had a super team because even when he did have like an okay Rockets team, everybody was, he got hurt then too. It was like he's a guy who's never really went to that super team. And it's, it's, it's always been that knock on him that he hasn't had it. And he, when he had Blake Griffin and they were ascending, they ran into the Golden State Warriors that always stopped yep. them. And this was the start of the Golden State. What ended that time in L.A. was they knew that wasn't enough to stop the Warriors. He goes to Houston. They get so close, and they just couldn't do it. And it, and it's the easy analysis, well, Chris Paul's not good enough. Give me a break. But I what he's look, done, too, and I don't mean to cut you off, is he's made the Suns relevant. I mean, you know, the Suns are always like, okay, this Phoenix Suns is a nice area to play, Phoenix. But, you know, they were never – if they made the playoffs, it was right. eight seed. They're out in the first round or they're they're getting there, but they're not close enough. He's made them a relevant team. And I don't want to say a super team, but he's made them so much better because of – he's been around the league for so long. He could take the pressure off these, these younger guys and teach them, hey, this is how we do it. You know, no, no team is better than us. I've been here. I've been through the wars. No team is better than we are right now. And if we have that belief, and I still think he's going to face maybe a quasi-super team in the Clips if they get there because you got Paul George and you got Kawhi Leonard. That's a tough... Yes. So that's not an easy out either. No. But this is a chance because I can see... I mean, they're down right now as the time we're, we're doing this podcast. The, the the Clippers are down 0-2 already. Yep. So... Well, the like Jazz are a good team. Jazz are a Jazz good are team Jazz are a top-to-bottom team. If you're a fan of basketball, just good, two solid teams... Suns, Jazz, NBA Finals, right. I, excuse me, Western Conference Finals, that's not the sexiest matchup. Those are two 
Yeah, Ooh, that, yeah. that would be tough because I don't know who I would take. CP, you know, Chris Paul know or like Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. I love Donovan Mitchell. I, I just, if I can, there'll be some heat between you and I. Yeah, yeah. Fire. yeah. yeah. Some, right. some friction between me and Michael. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, we can't watch the Western Conference Finals. Right, together. I gotta separate you two. Uh, like we were planning guys. on. Chris Paul did. Yeah, right. Chris Paul was the man who actually got me into basketball at all, and I've watched games strictly because of him. That and Daryl Dawkins, wasn't well, it? Well, Daryl Dawkins. <laughs> I love Daryl Chocolate Thunder Dawkins. That was your first love. If right? I could yeah. just mention one more thing. No, go ahead, go ahead. On the Nuggets. I think that the Nuggets, especially with the Lakers being out of this, if Jamal Murray never got hurt, this is a different series. So right. this, is a, this is the one instance maybe in Chris Paul's life where he's actually gotten good luck, where and I if if this Nuggets team had Jamal Murray, this is a classic epic series, and people will again now because Jokic has won his MVP, people will say, well, is Jokic good enough? Of course, Jokic is good enough. Jamal Murray is out. Jamal Murray last year in the NBA playoffs was a stud, hitting big three after big three after big three to take the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals. This series is very different. I hope that the Suns put this away, and then it goes to a two. Well, they are up three zero, like 3-0. you said, and it was like the NBA record of being up three zero is like one hundred and forty two and zero. Yep. No team has come no. so not to put any bad luck their way, but that seems to be the histories in their favor. And for Chris that. Paul was hurt in this first round too, wasn't he? Didn't he have like the bad shoulder? Yeah, he went down in the first game, I think, but, pretty yeah. right. early, but he came right. Back. Right, but he came back. But they were saying, "Oh, Jesus, so this is going to be another thing that's going to happen." The Chris Paul, hopefully, his uh, injuries stay off for this. Playoffs, yes, you know absolutely. But I think it just I, I would love it to be the Suns, and I think we're setting up for a really, really. F- as much as I love the Hawks, they were able to steal Game One. Those last two games, the Sixers I think are just a little step better. They're a step quicker. The Hawks half the the Hawks took that first game because they hit. I think their franchise record for threes. And they only won it by four or five. Yeah. And they almost blew it down the end. And so, Trey Young was riding high from eliminating the Knicks because yes. he was eating that up. Taking he was. The yeah. And yeah. he's been excellent. And he's I love great. Trey Young. I just think that this Sixers team is just a bit better. And you see it because you can't. If you There's no margin for error. If you're putting up those shots and creating those transition opportunities – Ben Simmons is unbelievable in a transition game. His passing, he's so fat. His game, if he could just shoot a little bit, and this is very high praise I'm I'm about to give to Ben Simmons. If If his shooting improved to just be a credible shooter, he's the closest thing in my eyes I've seen to LeBron James. With his size, his speed, his ability to pass, he just cannot shoot. No, so I can't compare shoot. him fully. LeBron James, especially over time, has developed a better jump shot. So I think in the... In the, in the Eastern Conference, we're setting up for a very interesting finals, Eastern Conference finals of Sixers-Nets. Yes. And I think we're going to, especially if James Harden can come back for it. That's I what I was going to say. If, if it, Harden comes back, yeah. I, I would lean Nets. Oh, if, yeah. if Harden doesn't come back, that's a toss-up series. I, I, I think. do. I think it's a toss-up. I would still lean the Nets just because Kevin Durant yeah, is Kevin coming Durant, back. Yeah. And he's, look, get, another thing. Kevin Durant being back is great for the league. Oh, yeah. He's a fantastic player, and people I know Mikey. He's not your favorite. He, he whatever. There's nothing about his talent you could take. Well, away. he's polarizing like LeBron. Kevin Durant. He is. You either like he him, is. yes, or you you say, oh, here we go. You know, he went to a super team. He had to get his. Now he's with another super team because he got, 
you know, Kyrie to join. And, and it surprised me that Harden, you know, left Houston and said, oh, okay, I'll go there. And he's fit in with that. Yes. I, because you got three guys who like the ball. Let's be honest about thing. it. You have three players that need the ball. I never thought that. It's not that you had three unbelievable players like that. And just on paper, you think it's going to work, but they're all ball dominant. Yeah. And that sort of ball dominance kind of hurt the OKC Thunder of Westbrook, Durant, Harden, Harden. way back yeah. in that time because they're they're basically they basically need the ball all the time, and you kind of need somebody who can set up, somebody that can catch and shoot. They all three, and they made it work, and so they've kind of silenced any critic. Of well, that that wouldn't work. It'll work, and if I think it, to be honest, if Harden comes back and he's healthy, I don't think any team could could stop the Nets. It would be great if the Suns could yeah. do it. It would be great if the Sixers, just so that it's competitive. You know, you don't, you know, nobody right. wants a, a blowout series. Um, but yeah, again, just to go back to it, I think that um, the Nets to me are they're the favorite. They're the favorite to win the East, and I, I wouldn't. I can't pick any other team. And isn't it crazy that OKC had those players, but they couldn't keep any because they, you know, of salary and and, and they wanted to leave and everything. But yeah. wasn't yeah, that the time Harden coming off the bench too? Yes, yes. Yeah. Like that was like early Harden. Harden yeah. was the sixth man on the OKC team that made it to the NBA Finals against the Miami Heat, where LeBron won his first title right. and they actually took game one of that series yeah. and everyone was killing LeBron he can never do it he can never do it and then they won four games and then they won it but it. but you're right Harden was coming off the bench for that team and the whole thing was he wanted to start which he clearly was obviously good enough to do it and then he went to the Rockets right but just as good I mean but to think that there are the three guys because Westbrook Westbrook is a guy who plays hard and I like Westbrook a lot but he triple doubles, he averages the whole bit and everything, but everybody's like, well, yeah, but he's, you know, whatever. But Westbrook's a great player. Oh, of course. And I just think that he gets a bad rap sometimes, too. I mean, of they got course. knocked out, but, you know, you can't average a triple double, but he does play hard, but he just, that's another guy that's, is that going to be like Chris Paul? Yeah. I'm thinking. Like, he's a great yeah. player, but is he ever going to win a ring? Right. Does he make a team better? That's a knock on him. And yeah, I, but... And I love Westbrook, but he's a player who, if he were to go to the Nets instead of Harden, it wouldn't have worked in the sense because he needs the ball all the time, but he's not good at sharing it either. No. I remember watching him in the finals after uh, Durant had left, and he, not in the finals, but in the playoffs, like when he was there, and he took the last three shots of the game and missed all of them. So, like, get a... Li- right. It's like, he's... It not again, not a knock on him. He averages triple doubles. I love him as a player, but he's just a player. He needs a he needs to be the ball hog on a team where there's nobody else like to have the ball. He, he the 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 question with Westbrook is efficiency. Yeah, he's gonna put up numbers. He's gonna score lots of points. He's right. gonna get lots of rebounds. Is he somebody who? Uh, is he getting to 28 points on how many shots? You know, because right. he's taking so many. I mean, to his credit, a triple-double in there is an assist component. No, he yeah. does have to get to 10 assists, right? Yeah. So he, he's a point guard who does need the ball, which is what in the standard NBA, you had one point guard who'd bring up the ball and initiate the offense. You're used to that. Right. But yeah, he's a, he's a big shoot. He's a, he, he takes a lot of shots, too. Um, 
He can dish it. He can drive. He has a dribble drive game. He's worked it with with Bradley Beal. He is better with his three. He has he has gotten gotten better better over the last couple years with his three. But he still has only like a he has a low percentage still with that. I mean, he's improved greatly, but it's like if his three was more consistent, he'd be very dangerous. Yes, but he'll still. He'll hit threes early in the game, and then it's the last you know shot to win the game will be a three, and he'll brick. Yes. You know that that was to me what I noticed on Westbrook is his. But again, who who can average a triple double? I mean, nobody since Oscar Robertson even averaged them in a season, right. and he's done it every time since then. And the crazy thing too is like I heard somebody say like rebounding for guards is easier now though because so many guys take threes, exactly and the threes it. come out like you know yeah. before it was you had your center and your power forward were your rebounders. Because the ball was it, it was inside more. You go down low on the blocks. Yeah. The center would it, yeah. you know, the center was always going to touch the ball every time yeah. down. If he's close, I'm going to you know finger roll it in, or I'm going to jam it in, whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. Now it's a three league now. Everybody yeah. so these long rebounds come out if they're missed that you can get these. But still, you're still at, he's still doing it. And, and, I'm not, you, and it's well, you're right. And the thing with Westbrook is you almost you have to be a. It's not that that you get long rebounds now. You have to be scrappy enough to fight for them. Absolutely, and in, a, too. in a in a league where you're sh- there's shots being put up, and the, the long rebounds come in. Westbrook is the type of player that will scrap for them. Oh, he yeah. will fight for them. So hey, look, it, he's tailor made for this era. You want him on your team, Westbrook. Numbers. It's just are you going to win with him? But I'm you hoping, want him on your team. I'm hoping Beal stays healthy next year, and that could be a good dynamic. That, when they were healthy, they, he missed some time during the yeah, season. Yeah, he got, yeah. He got so, and can they afford him or to keep him when the whole big? You know, I mean, that's the thing. If they can stay healthy, that's not an eight seed. That's a you know four to six seed. You it know, could so be. they're a good. They're a good team. They're a good team. They they would pro- they would probably need maybe another shooter to 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 really be more competitive. But the East again, the Nets are just so you so say good. Nets East. You, you're hoping Suns. I'm thinking Suns. Yeah, I think I, I think the Suns will win the West. You wouldn't be surprised if the Clips come out. I wouldn't like, be surprised. If, look, again, I hate to give this answer. I would not be surprised if the Clippers won it. Or if Utah. If the Jazz won Yeah, right. You know, I, I just I got wouldn't. You. But I, it is wide open. You're going to pin me There's down. no Golden State Warriors. No. There's no, you know, uh, Lakers of last year. No. There's no dominant, dominant. I, I think it's going to be the Nets and the Suns now. Because, uh, Mike, are you, you good with that too? Or yeah, Well, I would love almost, if it's not the Suns, for it to be the Jazz. But I, you know... I'm hoping too that you know this being as the recording of this podcast they're up to. Oh, I'm hoping the Lakers don't come back. I mean the Clippers. I'm sorry. I would be. I would be hoping for that at least. No, I, I think that. Um, I think it was a real red flag that the Clippers had to. The Clippers are essentially, like you said, are a super team. They put together so much to get right. Kawhi. Um, they get Paul George. They get Paul I mean, George around you know, him. Yeah. I never. I don't understand. One of the reasons why I love the Hawks too. I did not understand the trade for Rajon Rondo when they had Lou Williams, who had been right. sixth man of the year. So well, he's times. playoff Rondo, right? It's not his right. Name that's, his right. You know, that's his thing. But. That's his thing. But Lou Will- but Lou Williams is like the perfect player to come off the bench. He's good to stop runs. He hits shots. He, he you know, Lou Will- like well, Rondo just- streak though too. Rondo, if he's on, he's on. Yes. If he's not, exactly. It's like well, forget it. It's not going to happen with it. It's not going to happen tonight. Yeah, so. I just. I didn't necessarily see the fit, and I, the, Rondo's a very good player in the league. He's played for a lot of different, a lot of different right. people. I just didn't understand. I thought, I thought uh, Lou Williams had proven he's kind of perfect for that team, um, but I just, for whatever reason, this seems to be the ceiling for this Clippers team. Right, and I think you know we're going to see what happens in the off season. Maybe Kawhi leaves. I don't know. 
Um, but well, I, there's still I, a Kawhi leaves New York. He goes to New York. I've heard New York. I've heard Miami. I don't I've think heard... Kawhi could could thrive. He's in not New York. a type of New York. He's guy. not a New York. Guy. And that's not an offense to him. He's no, just not a New he's York. He's not guy. a New. You know, he's not going to be cut because he would be. Oh, this is it. We've got our savior. We're going to go and we're going to win, and mm-hmm. this is it. I don't think Kawhi would. Not that he can't play in New York, but I don't think he could deal with the press in New York and everything. Like because yeah. he would be scrutinized. Like LeBron gets scrutinized. Yeah. Oh, you gave up the. Why didn't you shoot the last shot, Kawhi? Why would you pass it right. up like they did to LeBron early on? LeBron always got that. Oh, but he passes. He doesn't yeah, take the yeah. big shot. Meanwhile, the guy's been in the finals forever. Right. But at this point, LeBron, any LeBron criticism right. is bad faith. And right. I'm sorry, any LeBron criticism that doesn't, at first on the front end and back end, recognize he's one of the best players ever. Right. He's either one or five at worst. On any on your ranking, and he's going to be in Space Jam too. Yes, yes. so that's another thing. We'll have to review that one. That's a. I I believe I can fly. Well, Buddy's funny has to be in the top five somewhere, and he's changing his number now. You see that? Yeah, six. He's going to go to six. It's going to be another great. It's going to. There's two NBA seasons. There's the like the the regular season, and then there's free agency, which is just as exciting. Right. Oh yeah. And you know to see where does Kawhi leave? What happens with Dame Lillard? Who are the Lakers going to do? They're going to blow up the team and bring somebody else in. You know, going to play for less. More than any other. This might just be my own ignorance, but it seems like more than any other sport, the NBA is a league of personalities. Mm. Oh yeah. It's just like the they and they thrive on that. Yeah. They they want that to its credit. It's just like oh man, what what. it's it's almost like a social TV issues. Uh, you know, like they'll get they don't shy away no. from and and I think that's a lot to do with their commissioner too. Yes, their commissioner's like he's hey. an activist commissioner. He if the right. players want hey you guys want and they work well together with the union, mm-hmm. which is another important thing. You have to have the union and the commissioner working together. Again, Chris Paul had the players' union. You got to have that. He, kn- he knows know? what he's so doing. It's, it's a very well, it's, important. It's the tip of the spear for players empowerment. Where if I, you know you realize that LeBron has more power than the GM of a team. Oh yeah. Or if you're a star and you don't well, which Aaron Rodgers wants to have a little LeBron power and everything else. Correct. But so we're 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 saying though, I'm we'd sorry, love to I, see I, the Suns. No, no, it's fine. It out all of that we'd love to want. see the Suns. I would. We'd like that to see Brooklyn. That'll NBA, be cool. You, you gave me NBA. You gave me NBA. Mr. Basketball. That's right. He's Mr. Basketball. I now we're going to turn to Mr. Hockey because hmm. we got the NHL playoffs, which you're rolling along here, and our Vegas Knights, Mike. Yeah, but just give me a brief. Now we've got it's going to be Vegas, Montreal. Yes, and it's going to be the beloved Islanders. <laughs> we all love our Islanders against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, what do you think? Well, what's, the, your, what's your gut on this, or, or, or any, whatever you got? Give me, give me it up. Well, I'm biased because every year I always go obviously against whatever Eastern team is not the Rangers. So, I mean. But what is basically looking out to me is that it's going to be Vegas, Tampa in the finals. Now, it has to be Vegas to me to beat Montreal because the Colorado Avalanche, they won the President's Trophy, the best team in the league. They went into the playoffs, were absolutely outstanding. Nathan McKinnon was playing amazing. They won the first game against the Knights in the series in a blowout. Everybody it's like thought, seven to one or something. Yeah, right? yeah McKinnon crazy. himself, I think, got like a hat trick that game. It was crazy. So everybody's thinking like, okay, this is a shoe in for the Avalanche to at least make the finals. And then Vegas battles back. They end up in a game uh, five. They were down two goals to none. In the third period, within like three minutes, they scored two goals to tie it and then immediately won in overtime. So Vegas, Flurry's been in the, the finals pretty much, or like the playoffs pretty much every year of his career. 
hard to go against Flurry. I think that was one of the issues is that they went with Robin Leonard one of the games, who was a great goalie. They combined for the lowest, you know, goals against average in the league, but Flurry, I I mean, and he was on the Penguins forever. I have no reason to like Flurry, but he is ungodly good. So you ride with yeah. him as a goalie. I I hated Marc Andre Flurry for so many years. And uh, I ended up. This is the, how good this team is. I started with them like, wow, they're pulling flurry. Like, that was nuts. I didn't agree right. with that. Right. And I and I and it's made me like Mark Andre Flurry, this Golden Knights team. I never in my life thought I would say that. This is one. This is a great team. There. I mean, it's tough too because Montreal was down three games to one to Toronto. Came back, beat them out. Then immediately swept the Winnipeg team, which the Winnipeg team swept Connor McDavid's Oilers. So that's already people are like, wow, Montreal. But it's so tough to go against a team that comes back for 3-1, to one, wins a game by a sweep. But I cannot see them beating the Vegas Golden Knights. I could be wrong. I would not like to be. I don't really want to see or care to see the Canadians win another you know, title. Especially... It again is tough to say if they beat Vegas, how could I go against them? But I think that Montreal would lose to Tampa no matter what. So my thing is going for the team that has the best chance to beat Tampa Bay. One thing I really love is uh, Doogie Hamilton. He's a defenseman for the Carolina Hurricanes. He was asked after they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning, how do you feel about losing? He says, well, we lost to a team that's $18 million over the cap. So you tell me. So <laughs> that's why. And it's it's good. good. It's a shot. I don't think that they, sh- I mean, I get it. People are like, it's a fault of the NHL. It's a loophole. It's like, going to be the Tampa Bay rule. They're going to have to change it after the season. But you you were the second best team in the league, the best team in the East, and then you added two All-Stars to your roster when the playoffs started for Game 1. You didn't even try to phone an injury like, oh, we'll come back Game 2. Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, two of the best players in the league, join your roster right then for Game 1 of the playoffs. So not only do I have a ton of reasons to dislike the Tampa Bay already, I do not want to see them use a loophole and win because that is just... With everything that goes on with the league, with the, the Tom Wilson situation, with the uh, Nazem Kadri situation, with him getting suspended eight games and all these things. Now you have all these players, like the officiating has been noticeably a joke this entire playoffs, objectively for every team. Even the Bruins pointed out the officiating leniency going towards more in favor of the Islanders, and then the Bruins get fined $25,000 for saying that the officiating has been pretty bad. So The NHL has been nutty. The NHL this year has been... weird, weird, weird The NHL is an opposite from the NBA where they do not like when their players are personalities. They do not like when people speak out. They do not like when there is a player that has so much power or clout that they can demand a trade or whatever. They want to keep that away, just like the NBA, I mean, the NFL, sorry, is trying to take that away from Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, not like the NFL against him, but it's more like you see players don't always have as much power as they would love to believe, but in the NBA, there's a little bit more sway there where you could say, I'm leaving this team, I'm demanding a trade, and it happens. That usually doesn't happen. And that is another thing in the NHL. They're the entire opposite of the NBA. Well, they, a case in point is James Harden saying in Houston, after he wanted players to come there, he's like, I don't yeah. want to be here anymore. And he blows up the that, team and he gets it. Made, right. And, and he gets it to a dream team to go to Which the arguably a trade that didn't really work in Houston's favor at all. But he just was right. saying, I'm not going to go. But then that forced the team's hand. Now you have Jack Eichel, who's basically saying he wants to leave in Buffalo. Right. And now that is a thing where... 
he will probably go, but that is not because of Jack Eichel saying he wants to go. That's because Buffalo could get an ungodly return for him. And but, that is really like... But that might create a precedence, though, right? Where this guy, he's demanding it, and it winds up working in his favor. What's to stop the next star from demanding it? And then another team asset rich to say, now we're... Because it works both ways. If another team is willing to say, I'll put up with that... Other players will see it, and it could create that domino effect in the in the One NHL. One of the biggest as well. issues I would say is that only the only reason it's going to work for Jack Eichel is because the the LA Kings and New York Rangers have been heavily involved in trying to get him for years, so they already have suitors for him, and the Buffalo Sabers were the worst team in the league this year, and that also might hurt. I know I said that they can get a good amount for Jack Eichel. What they could have gotten a season or two ago is now going to be less and less and less. And I think it's more of the Sabres realizing we're going to keep losing trade stock on this guy. Mm. He's been hurt three years in Mm. a row. He needs a neck surgery. They've been having these issues. They were the worst team last year. So why is the point of even keeping him when we Mm. can get these players? You have the Rangers, and I know I'm objective, but they have one of the best prospect cores in the entire league that they have so many good players coming up that they don't have the roster spots to to put them on. Mm -hmm. So it is they can get that talent with them. And I... I would love if it became a personality way. I would love, like P.K. Subban, he is a very big personality in the NHL, and he's been, he went from the, uh, he was originally on the Canadians, but then he went to Nashville, and then he went to the Devils, and you could see the GMs just want to get rid of him when he's just a great, I mean, he's a great player, he's a great defenseman, but he's also just a great personality, he's a great guy, he does all the NHL award things, he does a lot of things with the, uh, all the children's hospitals that every team has been on in every area in Nashville. Montreal still loves him for that. So I would love if it became a more of an NBA-driven, like, I'm a superstar, I want to win. Like, to the point, I would love Connor McDavid. You know, somebody like that. Look at what I've won. Austin Matthews. Right. Mike, so to my question is, right, like, the NBA was not that way until LeBron made it that way, right? Like, LeBron said, look at, like... LeBron kept, got criticism every year because he couldn't get past super teams. At first, it was the the end of that Pistons uh, team that had a starting five that you, like it had Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Rashid Wallace, Ben Wallace. That was the buzzsaw LeBron would run into his first years in the league. And then, you know, uh, in the East, the, the, the dominant power in the East was the Celtics, where they had their big three. Now, a GM put that together, but because LeBron's GMs couldn't put together a team good enough to beat that team, he said, I'm going to be the GM, and I'm going to put together my team. So, Mike, potentially, in a scenario, the way the NHL could change would be McDavid being, or is it McDavid? Uh, McDavid, right? Yeah, McDavid. Because I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not no. a hockey guy. But uh, it would be like McDavid. He might have the clout where he could do that kind of a thing, right? Like, well, I would love that because you're seeing players now, like you're talking about this young core in the NBA. You're seeing players; these necessarily aren't super young players. We have Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, all. Three amazing superstar. Let they're gonna be like legendary when they retire. Like that's like their skill level. Like they are the upper play. They are the ones who are saying. They're the conversation is why people are saying like, okay, Crosby, Ovechkin. That's the old time. This is new. So 
But then you look, there was an interesting comparison I saw yesterday. Crosby's first four years in the league. Playoffs every time, made it to the Stanley Cup, won a Stanley Cup. In his first, like, four years, like, all that. First four years for McDavid, only made the playoffs once. Only won one playoff series that whole time. Got lost in the second round. Uh, Austin Matthews, five years in the league, has not made, not won a single playoff series in that whole time. Nathan McKinnon, he just got, you know, beat by the Vegas Golden Knights. He said, I've been in this league seven years and I haven't won shit, is his quote. And he he was even saying, because he is up for a super max deal, and he's like, I will take less money as I did last time because I want to win with, like, this group of people. Like, that's, like, his core. He's gotten a good group around him. But these three players could be the ushering in the new era of like, okay, I haven't won. Look at what Crosby did. Look at what, you know, when they were like in my time. I would love to see this being a thing of players going everywhere. You can argue that when hockey was the most popular in the States was when you had Crosby, when you had Hank in New York, you had these players that... Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks, yeah. Ovechkin on the Bruins. Right. I mean, on the, on the it was Washington like almost Cattles. every team had one guy. Yes. And you could, they became the personality. Now, the one thing, too, with hockey that's just a little bit different than basketball, and maybe this is just from my perspective, hockey almost seems like the mentality is so much like, well, don't lift your head up too much, don't get too proud of yourself, because there'll be a guy who will steamroll you on the ice if you get yourself a little bit too big for your britches. There's like a almost like blue collar sense to well, some parts of hockey. I think you're touching on it. I think I think the the fans of NHL kind of demand that personality of their. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I think that's... it's a customer thing too. I don't know if the NHL customer would allow that but, to happen. And we're seeing know? with these younger players, with the Austin Matthews, with the Patrick Line, with the William Nylander, with Mitch Marner, you're seeing these players who are like very, I'm not trying to like bring up a whole social media aspect, but they do have big followings on social media. They always make these big posts and jokes. And there's always a whole, when Patrick Marlowe joined the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was a whole thing of like, oh, Marlowe and, uh, you know, Mitch Marner is the old guy and the young guy, and they're having these great times and they filmed all these like weird videos and stuff. But it was like, you're seeing this young crop of like kids who are being more active, more personalities, more like, but then you're seeing in the league where in the NBA, it almost went, it leaned into that where the NHL is leaning away from that because what happened then when Toronto lost? All of Toronto was saying how bad Mitch Marner is because he's not good in the playoffs. They should get rid of him. He's just too much of a, he talks a lot. He's that type of guy. They they built the super team in Toronto, whether the people want to like acknowledge it or not, with Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Traveras. That was going to be the team, the super team to beat in the East. They got bounced in the first round. Yes, you cannot blame that John Traveris got hurt, and that is a total reason why they ended up coming back. The whole series shifted on that. He got hurt in a terrible way. Took, like, a flying knee to the face. It was a whole thing. But people were going against that mentality of, like, we should, we have to beat this super team of people. Now, it's kind of funny. John Traveris left, I think, two years ago for the Islanders. He was like, I, I can't, you know, I'm not winning here. I haven't won here. I got to go to a team that's going to win. He goes to Toronto. Now, since then, the Islanders have won six playoff series, and Toronto has won zero since that time that he's left. So if it worked 
I feel like you would see this era of everybody making a super team. But one thing with the NHL is that every team has one like star player. Like you have Panarin on the Rangers. You have like you know Pasternak on the uh, Bruins. You still have Cross. I mean. Uh, Taze and Kane on the Blackhawks, but they're getting up there now. People are like, "That's that era's done in Chicago. Can they win again?" So I know I like broached on the whole NHL, yeah. but as it goes to this, you're looking at the teams in the playoffs right now. The Islanders have Matt Barzell. He's an amazing talent. I hate the Islanders. I would take him on my team any day. He's an amazing player. He has the goal of the year. He has one of the best goals ever scored this year. Then you have Montreal. Who do they have on their team? They don't have a superstar that you know of that you could pick up. They have Corey Perry, who used to be one of the big two on the Ducks in the you know the early two yeah. thousands. But that they just have a team of a deep roster of good role players. Now, okay, you have the Lightning with Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, but people, everybody is actively rooting against that team. Especially one thing you almost love to see in other leagues, you know, the Warriors winning like almost the three, they won three in a row or they only won two in a row? They won two in a row then lost in, uh, no, they won one, I'm trying to think, they won in 2015 and then they lost in the the 2016 finals against the Cavs and then they won, they brought in Kevin Durant and then won back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So that even people almost like, I guess if you're a Warriors fan, you know, you're loving that, you're rooting for that, people are already rooting against the Lightning because they don't want to see a team win it again. They're like, this is boring. Why do I want to see them win? They won last year. Yeah, and this way especially. But it's like that team of being this like super team, nobody want, they're rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights who again, their team who have been in this league they have never not made the playoffs. They are an impressive team, but they have like they have Mark Stone. He's a great player. He's their captain. They have Mark Andre Fleury, but this is not a team of like super super league personalities and teams that you're like, oh, these are like super players. It's unfair. We need to set. These are just deep you know, and depth. I, and teams. I don't. I think it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying. I think for for the NHL, I think what they need to do is they need to find the balance that fits for them. But the league has to allow these these players to be players because they're cracking down so much on them that you're you're killing all of the personality of the game and it's the personalities that draw you in i mean like you can still tell stories about the guarantee you know like 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 that's stuff that matters you want a personality and people want to attach themselves to somebody i mean you love your team but you want to love the players. And then you are competing against the NBA. That's just like the most interesting, gregarious people going up against each other every night. And the NHL, well, if you speak up, we're going to find you $25,000. And try not to have a personality in an era when personality matters, I think, more than anything. You're seeing that with Panarin on the Rangers. I know it's because I have a bigger sample size because I'm watching him all the time. But he's a player. He, like they, they always say he's always got a smile on his face. He's always loving. He's always with the social media group. He's always with all the fans. He's always He does the leg kick. They call him the bread man. Him and Ryan Strom did really good. So they nicknamed him bread and butter. You know, like Then you have Mika Zibanejad who's been the, like, the leading scorer on the team. Every year in goals that he's been on the team, you know, you have him. They call him Mika Magic because of how he, the, every just basically undressed the Flyers team three games in a row. Like it's you have these players that you just want to as a as a I, fan of somebody who watches NBA NHL, you just want to see these players just have fun too. Yeah, and enjoy exactly. It. It's, it's tough though to get a, a super team though in hockey in this respect because they're on the ice for like you know they're they're not playing ten minutes of, like they, they're playing two minutes a shift. 
yep. and then they're out, or they yep. mix lines up, or things like that, where you don't get the big three for playing like forty minutes of a forty-eight minute yes. game, and that's like you get sixty minutes in the hockey, but what do you get in twenty minutes of time for them? The, the closest yeah. so you have to that is like a a, a line. Like if it's right, a no, line I, power line. I, yeah, I get yeah. like like in the old days you had like the gag line for the right. Rangers back and, and whatever, yeah. but it's I think you have to I think it helps the way they build super teams is scouting wise, I think. Because when mm-hmm. you look at the Islanders of like the eight when I was growing up with the and, and I hated the Islanders because they beat the Rangers and they were but they had they drafted, you know, Mike Bossy, they had Trache, they had Gillies, they had all these guys that were homegrown players that became a super team, like the same way with the Edmonton Oilers. You had Messier, you had Gretzky, you had McTavish, Fuhr, Paul yeah. Coffey. They all came up and that mm-hmm. made the super team. And now I think it's even tougher because there's a salary cap, too, in the NHL, which is lower than I think all the rest of the leagues. It you is, know, they, yeah. Well, I don't, Major League Baseball doesn't have one. interesting stat with the, with the um, salary cap, though, is that a lot of people... With the NHL, they will say you don't need to build, like you're saying, a super team. It wouldn't necessarily right. work in that because this year, Carey Price, he's in the Final Four now. You know, he play, He's a goalie for the Montreal Canadiens. Right. He is the only player ever in the salary cap era to make more than $10 million as his like contract. Right now, this year, he had over $10 million, And to make it this far in the playoffs. No... Has it? That's a stat that they bring up all the time, like in the NHL. No player who's making like the league maximum right. has ever made it out of the first round in the whole salary cap era. This is the furthest that they made is now, uh, you know, Carey Price playing in the even Western more than Conference the Tampa Bay guys. That, that yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, it's they they still they think only like uh, Nikita Kucherov only makes like eight point six million, which I say only, but right. nobody's made ten million or more like the max, and like it's ever paid off for a team. And, and right. I don't think the answer for the NHL is a super team. I don't think that works for hockey. But I think that from like two thousand like nine to two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Right. It, I don't know who was in charge of social media with a lot of the teams with the NHL, but it seemed like they kind of leaned into their their lane. Like they had yeah. some fun with it. There was a lot of I remember I think it was Mike, you would show me like the Dallas Stars team's Twitter. Like was like they all had like people. They were right. just kind of like they knew what hockey was. They had fun with it. They knew who their big players were. They really kind of knew their lane, and they built up these guys. And you create stuff that the average person would be like, oh, maybe you know, during the playoffs, I'll watch a game. This seems approachable. And the past couple of years, it's just like all that fun that they were having. It's like I miss the fun of hockey. Well, do you think hockey though needs, let's say, that one dominant team that everybody can rally around and hate? Like there's LeBron. There's not that that one player that's so polarizing in the National Hockey League, like a LeBron. Like, oh, he's leaving the. He's Crosby leaving. Crosby was close. Yes. But, but that also. But Sid the kid in. too. Like a lot of people likes. I, like yeah. even though I was a Ranger fan, but, I liked Sid. Well, you, but you, I thought he you was loved cool. him, or you hated him. And right. then there was the people who were just like, my God, the talent. I'm gonna watch him just to see right. what he's gonna do. But and he's talented. Is there that like? Like I said, LeBron is the polarizing guy. He went, he left Cleveland. I get it because you know they weren't going to get the players, and then have, he goes to Miami. They win. They don't win right away, but they win. But wherever LeBron goes, there's that. There's not that villain in hot. Well, maybe I don't know if like Ovechkin is considered a villain with the Capitals because I think he's a pretty you know funny guy in some of the things he says or does or whatever. He was great when they won the cup, and he's all over and going crazy and stuff. But they don't have like that. 
super either the super team because it seems like every year like it was Carolina one year then it's you know Nashville and other you know so it's not like that it would definitely drive like fan engagement like for me as a cat as a hardcore fan of hockey I'm gonna watch regardless and I love to see right these skilled players doing their thing but you're right it would almost be an interesting thing if Connor McDavid wasn't so low-key and mild-mannered and Austin Matthews almost because if there was like if Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews were constantly talking trash to each other the years saying oh I'm a better goal scorer I'm better this and they had like this big rivalry not like it has to be but those are like the two rising stars like the best players in the respective especially you know east west that would be interesting that would be something cool to see they had the north division this year because this season only was a little different the way they did all the canadian teams played each other that would be cool if you saw like a rivalry of like okay i was the number one pick the year before you the next year you were the number one pick like let's see the battle of the number like the first i mean it doesn't have to be a hated rivalry but it would just be like a real competitive thing like it would definitely drive casual fan engagement to see okay i want to see this guy prove he's better than this guy and there was definitely a lot of people into hockey during that period of time that we're talking about that i don't think are into it now because you did have crosby playing at the top of his game you had ovechkin you had lundquist you had somebody that like You know, when I never won a cup, by the way. Uh, whenever I went to the, whenever <laughs> I went to the garden, and, right. and the few times I got to go into like the, the the one time I got to go into the nice seats, it was all the people that like aren't fans of the sport. But like when Hank touched the ice, it's like, well, that's the king. Everybody right. knows him. Like, right? Hockey needs that. Hockey also has the problem that you know, not for nothing, it's a Canadian sport, and a lot of these well, Canadian guys, the the, they, the yeah, it's like they're not. They're not going to be like I'm the guy. Like they're all the guys who are like, well, I'm, I have a great team around me. But that's why also Austin Matthews does so much for the league because he's an American-born talent. The same way Patrick Kane and then T.J. Oshie after him. You know, he was Captain right. America because that in the Sochi Olympics when that, he that, like yeah. had a penalty shot where he was doing the shootout and he went seven times in a row and scored like right. five out of seven and he became. I feel like. It helps when there is like that. And not to make it like a national... You should just be able to respect talent wherever it is and wherever it's from. But America does like to always say, oh, well, that is a Canadian sport at the end of the day. Yeah. I have my... It, so it's almost as better when you have a player like Austin Matthews, who he's born in in uh, Arizona. And he's the, nu- yeah. he's the number one pick overall, and he's breaking goal records for his... You know, it's like... that, And he's playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's interesting yeah. when you have an American player to root for. Yeah, hockey needs personality, but it needs to be hockey personality. But you, they also you have to The NHL a, loves to hate on doing the World Cup of hockey and they also hate when their players do the Olympics and that's when you should have these players showing like you're showcasing up you should do the World Cup of hockey every 4 years and then like the and then you should have let your players go to the Olympics. They worry about the insurance. That was the that's stupidest just, decision. Well, the yeah. NBA players go mostly. Exactly. Go what better right? show? And that drives engagement. You yeah, want to like right. okay, you don't want to like uh, you know Austin Matthews because he's on the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're a Canadians fan or you're in America so you're like a Rangers fan or something like that. But you want to watch an American natural born amazing goal scoring talent play for America play for the gold medal game and that like let them at the world cup of hockey they did a couple years ago when they had the team north america and you had austin matthews connor mcdavid nathan mckinnon playing on the same team that was one of the most skilled teams ever created no no one knew tj oshi 
before that game. I mean, beyond no, the, yeah, because he played in the Captain St. Louis America. Blues. Yeah, he played for Captain the St. Louis Blues. Nobody was really watching that. He's on the cover of every paper the next day. Yeah, that's huge. That's and that's free marketing for the and NHL. And then he right goes there. to the uh, Washington Capitals. You know, like the the capital of the. You know, yeah. He goes there. He wins the Stanley Cup. That should be driving engagement for a lot of players for that. But I, I think for hockey more than any other sport is when your team is out. You're not going to watch a lot. I mean, you no, will, Mikey, because no, you're a yes. diehard. When you're a casual when the, fan. Let's face it, Zach, the Rangers are out. When they don't make the playoffs or they get eliminated, you're not going to say, well, geez, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing. You're you're done with hockey because your Rangers are out. You're more, like, you're not going to willing to go and say, geez, I really want to see X, Y, or Z player. Yes. That's what hurts the league in a way, too. But the only thing I will say to that too, and I can only say this because I'm. It takes a lot for me to get into a sport. Right. It does, and for me to understand the mechanics of the sport. But right. I, I think though, if you turn on a playoff hockey game, right. any team against any team, there's no, that, that. that's hype. It's, it's it's you. You playoff can't help but get excited. But it's getting you to getting that other fan though to tune in. Yeah, you, you have to. You, you have got to, the yeah. bug. You got the bug. You love the Rangers, but you'll, you're willing to watch other other teams. But there's a lot of people who are like, and that not only like it happens in baseball too. Your team's out. I'm not watching. I'm not going to watch. You know, the White Sox they're in and, and play yeah. in the twin. I don't care if your team is in. But in hockey, I find that hurts that more than any other thing because the ratings in New York when the Rangers aren't playing in the in in the finals or in, in you know, and when you lose L.A., when you lose New York, when you lose Chicago, they're not in there. At least it's going to get some buzz around, and it's going to be talked about. What's going to help the NHL is now it's going to ESPN again. Yes, that's going to help. And it. one thing I kind of almost I hate to say is because I'm a fan of the NHL, but I'm a fan of the way it's been going. How it's less physical and way more fast-paced, skill-based players you have. You can have a player who can score, assist, pass on the fourth line. But what hurts hockey, and again, I I love hockey. I love the way it's going. But the casual fan knows hockey like, oh yeah, it's fighting's allowed, and and that and I want right. to go see some player get killed, basically like that. You want to see like the the joke of oh I was watching a boxing match and like a hockey game broke out right, something like that. Right, it's right, like right. that. You want. I notice a lot of casual fans like I just want to see a fight, and so the way that like I'm loving that that the NHL is going towards a fast paced, fast scoring, like skilled game. That also hurts the casual fan because it's like, oh, well, you know, you, there's never... I know that they charge the mound in MLB. I'll never, you know, the, Bryce right. Harper was one of the most recent ones when he whipped his helmet the complete opposite way of the player. I'll still, but it's like that made baseball popular for a little bit too. Not like it's not been America's sport, but then people were watching, oh, is there going to be another fight? Is there going to be retaliation for that? People loved hockey because you would just watch like seven fights going on the most the rangers were talked about this season was when the last game of the year when the capitals played them and they had a line brawl which hadn't happened for six years before then and it was again the rangers versus the devils <laughs> yeah, when that happened bring that up that was because an, yeah, that was they, they always seem to show like the big hit when there's like it's a clean hit or there's a penalty with it th- that'll that'll make sports center more than some other other things that, will again. Yes, you bring up sports that that is going to be the biggest. With well, ESPN getting it, yeah. they and, need and to Stephen have Stephen A. That. Smith talking about it and, and getting into again, it. And, and that's it's going to make a difference because even though ESPN 
let it go and NBC Sports picked it yeah. up and whatever. But nobody was really. You're, NBC they're going to pump is, that like crazy. And well, NBC Sports is coverage. I didn't mean to cut you off, no. but that A has been some of the worst. They have some of the worst analysts who don't understand the game to try to do a national coverage of the game. So you have a casual fan who doesn't understand the game watching it be played by played by somebody who doesn't understand the game. Doc Emmerich retiring has been terrible. For yes. Us. And Peter McGuire getting any work has been terrible. I do like Catherine Tappan, though. No, I she's great. She's I'm, great because she doesn't I'm know watching a lot too, of players. I'm watching a lot of um, ex-players and ex-analysts uh, are immediately being hired into the ESPN thing, which is good. Like Kevin Weeks is going to still yeah. do NHL Network, but he's doing for ESPN. This is fantastic. But Weeks yeah. is good, yeah. and I think it's fine. I just want to bring this up. Anson Carter, Kevin Weeks, Mike Rupp, Dominic Moore, all four players who played for the Rangers, and they are the NA, not the Rangers MSG, but NHL's yeah. analysts. And Dominic Moore correctly called four who was going to score the overtime goal four games in a row? Like, when you have people who know the game and know what's going to happen, it, it's more interesting. So that I'm excited for. And I love. I know Stephen A. Smith doesn't know that much about hockey. He prefaces everything he says by, I only know that the puck is black. But just having him even break down the NHL, it's just a casual fan, even if they love his NBA talk. He brings in a little NHL. Which is great for hockey. Yes, just the more people talking about it will just be, that'll just help in general. Even if he says something stupid that nobody would agree with at least you're talking about hey did you hear what he said that was so stupid you know like generate that organic content on social media. yeah exactly hey did you did you see that steven because that's the way this this thing works well that's right yeah steven a and steven a knows his place in the sports economy exactly he knows that show exists not as people watching first take live so much because the, the ratings clip. don't matter as much but like that clip that what goes viral exactly. on youtube yeah. and he plays that part excellently he's, so he when he's saying things about hockey like mikey says, says i don't know anything about hockey but he says something that goes viral and then that clip goes viral and then people oh there's a team in seattle now it, i would love you know, to see some nhl players on the not top 10 on espn you know it's, yeah. it's just i'll funny. see what would be cool too if they had a analyst and you're talking you need it like a charles barkley like we talked about for the nba yeah. Yeah, oh God. if you had a player that could come out and say that guy you know, is three close. He's not playing tonight. I played with a broken leg. You know what I mean? Or yes. something like that. I play, That would almost have to be like, God, I didn't want to say it, but Sean Avery. I, he, <laughs> well, it Mike Rupp helps because he's, yes. he's a way more palatable Sean Avery. Yes, yeah. But also it helps too, not to get into a whole bigger talk, but it helps that you've moved away from Mike Milbury and Jeremy Roenick. Some, Mike Milbury, who hated when players had a personality, hated when it was... He's a national broadcaster who hated when it wasn't the Bruins playing. Well, he was old, he, old school. Yes, yeah. he was Milbury, very old. This is the guy who went into the stands with a shoe and stuck. Yes, you know, and, and, and MSG. The day, and know, then you so have Jeremy Roenick talking on podcasts about how he wants to have three ways with him and his wife and Catherine Tappan. Well, so it's like, you know, you know that's Roenick, like, always, that's everybody's always, got a, you know, got, a hobby. Uh, yeah, you got and also Roenick seemed to be allergic to any hockey knowledge. Like, like Ronick was, he was the absolute worst of the absolute worst. Well, he tried to be bigger. Like, he wanted to be like, I'm on an ESPN type of thing. He I'm, wanted I'm to be like, guy. I'm a Barry Melrose. I'm like that yeah. type. No, That's one not. thing, too, yeah. I want. You never got, I, Barry Melrose should be doing everything for hockey. Barry well, Melrose Steve is Levy is going to be doing the games again. Along, did it. and yep. he does any NFL, too. So, yep. But so, just oh, to, sorry, ahead, no, ahead, I was going to say, just because I know that we should also move on to other things, but I would say just to go back to just in a vacuum, the NHL playoffs, right. Vegas is going against Montreal. I'm definitely, I'm picking Vegas in five games. I just want to say that. Excellent, I, okay. I'm going 
I think it's gonna go to six games, the Lightning versus Islanders, but the Lightning are ultimately gonna come on top, and so we'll have to obviously do another podcast right. to retrack on that. But but I think I you're can, leaning Vegas all the way. Well, I'm definitely leaving Vegas all the way, but I'm but Vegas, you more, Tampa. You want Vegas to win, right? Well, unobjectively, I think Vegas beat beating Colorado really proved to me that Vegas can actually be the cup. The winner this year because Colorado. The Lightning team is damn good, though. The Lightning team is amazing, but I was picking Colorado to be in the finals and Colorado to beat the Lightning. Mm-hmm. So in my train of thinking, objectively, like a, like you know, my opinions aside, if Vegas came in after getting blown out their first game, not letting that demoralize them, going coming back, not letting the like you know Colorado team that is fast, that is skilled touch the puck at all, not getting shots on net, not taking stupid penalties. The fact that they beat the favorite, in my opinion, to win the cup, the whole thing, because I was picking Colorado over Tampa. So if they beat the team that could beat Tampa, I think they could beat Tampa. I really do. Because I also think the path in the East is easier. Carolina was a good team. They had a great coach who was up for an award for the best coach in the league this year, uh, you know, Rob Brindamore. But still... I didn't think Carolina was a tough team to play against, realistically. I don't think the Islanders... uh, The Islanders are giving them the best... uh, They're going to be the toughest matchup they're going to face to this point in the playoffs. That's why I'm thinking it'll go to six games. But I still don't see the Islanders being able to overcome that hump of all the amazing role players. Like Braden Point, Alexander Kilhorn on the, the Lightning. Players you don't really typically think about until it's playoff time. They they will have a harder time getting over those role players, but Vegas is just such a deep team, and they will not get. They have Ryan Reeves. They will not get beaten up or intimidated. They will be the ones who will. They beat Colorado by just hitting them and hitting them and stealing the puck and just beating them down. And that's what it is. You have. I'm not ever wishing an injury on any player ever. But Tampa Bay is injury prone. But if they, and, no, but if this, there was one team, no, but Tampa Bay <laughs> still is that part of hockey. Yeah. Tampa Bay is very he injury doesn't like prone. fighting. No, he's totally against fighting. Well, Tampa yeah. Bay is very injury prone, and two of their best ah, players, Stephen Stamkos, Ryan McDonough, right two players who are gotten a ton of injuries over their career. If they take a hit the wrong way, I mean, a legal hit the wrong way from because Vegas is big. And they will just crush them. I think that they could honestly end up beating them and, out. For and that. Ryan McDonough is what? He's 36, right? He's I a year older so. than me, I think. Yes. Ryan McDonough. And, and think about when he played for the Rangers. I mean, he's no, he's nobody to Scott. He played three playoff games with a broken foot and a dislocated I shoulder. Love Ryan McDonough to death. Yeah. I love him to death. But you don't want him to win. I don't want him to win. No. He, if yeah. he didn't win the cup as a Ranger, I certainly don't want he won, him to win. He won last year, yeah, too. Won so last he's, year. Retiring so he's, with a, he's, he's retiring fine. with a cup. I right. think it's going to be the Golden Knights in seven. I would love that would in the finals Tampa versus that it would almost it would be crazy to not think six or seven games. It's if you think grueling. either team is winning in four or five, you're you're right. It's I always going used to, go to root for the original six if the Rangers were out and left because I love the Canadians' uniforms. I think of uh, I think they're the best uniform left. I will say team. if if the Canadians somehow beat Vegas, they are my team. I do yeah. not want the I Islanders like, or Tampa uh, to win. If I was going to rate uniforms, I, I got to go with Canadians. Well, that's a whole other podcast. That's like, a whole other podcast. I could talk so. about. Hockey uniforms, and, and, and that's sweaters. when we're in a content desert. When we that's when we're in a content desert. And, and, and we are going to do a uniform. The uh, Rangers just just a, a tease. The Rangers replacing their 
heritage shirts with the New York and that dark blue with the horrible, Statue horrible of Statue of Liberty third jerseys. They, they, that's that's why they lost the season, and they they got what they deserve for doing. Thank that. you, Halston. Yeah, yeah. As, yes. as we joke too, it'd be great for a podcast, a you know, audio non visual. If we talk about something yes. that you would visually have to see to know. Yeah, you'd what have I'm to doing half the time. Don't you love these jerseys? We're going to describe. So I'm, I'm going to switch to the MLB right now because we've got our Woo! our little our little uh, hot, which was great by the way. The way you broke it, it down. Yeah, if anybody's so still up after, no, just kidding. Yeah. Just get into the MLB for a little bit. There's this thing called spin rate now. We've been hearing about the spin rate on the baseball, how the ball is spins better when these pitchers are using. And we've had these debates, Stephen, about steroids and how things are used and whatever. And is this an enhancement for players? Now they're using something called spider tack, which is what weightlifters and uh, guys that do the World's Strongest Men contest use. Like that... that it's like the. Um, is it like rosin? It's like a rosin, but it's more like it's, it's a, it helps you grip better. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah, sure. Is it, uh, is it like is this the equivalent of when players are using stickum, like uh, like to, to hold well, the ball better? Well, you know better? what? Baseball players, pitchers used like rosin, and little, and they would also use like sunscreen. Pitchers would use this to make the ball be able to stay in their hand just a little bit longer to get that spin on the ball. And that's a big thing now that Major League Baseball is concerned about because the uh, runs are down, the batting averages mm-hmm. are down. It's been like, and Stephen, you just went to a game. It, 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 but they're saying, geez, the batting average of these guys are yep. like two. There's nobody hitting like 320, 330. Yep. They're hitting, if they're hitting two, 240, 250, it's been great. And they're saying players, are, you know, the pitchers using these type of substances. And Garrett Cole got singled out. Uh, saying that, you know, look at his spin rate when he, he got bombed the start before, and then he came back and, and pitched a really great game. But I don't know if, if it's something that Major League Baseball, it's always been in the rule book that you can't use certain mm-hmm. things, but baseball of, of any sport, more than any sport, I think, always has had cheating of some kind as far as yeah. enhancing the... The let's not go there. Again. No, no, I'm not gonna, like, yeah. no, I'm not going to go with that, but like legalized cheating in this sense. Where every pitcher on every team used something, yep. whether they scuffed the ball up, whether they, you know, had the catcher rub it against the the shin pad to throw it back, you know, shin guards to throw it back to them, or whatever they've done. There's always been that way, but it's like every it seems like every pitcher, both leagues, there's no question about it. But what's hurting Major League Baseball, I think, the most with this, is that now they want to go and they're saying we're going to look at these baseball the pitchers, we're going to go out there maybe seven or eight times during their start and make sure they don't have some kind of forced substance that's going to, you know, make the ball do this. It's going to be up to the umpire's discretion. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for me is if they're worried about pace of play, if you're going to stop a Major League Baseball game six or seven times to go out to check a pitcher that, hey, that ball didn't look like it moved like it did the inning before or whatever, when games take three hours now to play, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to speed up the game. I don't even understand, like, okay, you know the guy may be using it or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's, it, they have to police themselves. I think like, every pitch would have to say, all right, we're not going to use it, we're not going to use it, whatever. But if Major League Baseball is going to go out and check a pitcher six, seven times oh, to start, Lord, can man. you imagine if he's, he's got two, he strikes out two guys in a row, like, you know, six the pitches. Umpire, there, let me check then the, Let me check the Now you're throwing a guy out of his rhythm. 
He could say you're coming out here, or I suspect you've got something going on. Make and, the game even longer. And the crazier thing too is <laughs> Major League Baseball umpires Oof. get time off during the season. Yeah. They get a week or two weeks off. So they bring up minor league umpires to to do the games. So can you imagine if let's say Jacob DeGrom's having a great start, which he's had every yeah. start, and some minor league umpire is going to come out and say, oh, uh, Mr. DeGrom, uh, I got to check that ball. That 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 pitch moved way too much for me. Yeah. I can't believe that that happened. And then goes back, he finds out there's nothing wrong. Next inning, oh, wait a minute, I got to stop it again. You, seriously? It's, it's outrageous. You know that pitchers have done it. Gaylord Perry wrote a book called Me and the Spitter. These guys have been doing this forever, and they just find, like, and I know we've talked steroids and the whole bit, yep. they're just going to find different ways to do things unless every pitcher says, all right, I'm not going to do it, so you're not going to do what I'm hearing is A-Rod belongs in the Hall of Fame. No, what you're hearing is that you're not going to be able to legislate, because baseball's biggest complaints are, one, runs are down, everything's down, so let's blame the pitchers. When two years ago, mm-hmm. it was everybody smashing home runs out of the ballpark, and we got we got to go well, the other way. The, I feel that's... like baseball is at such an existential point where... Well, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It has no idea, and it keeps... We keep hearing... Look, ratings for sports are down all across because ratings are down... Everything. There's so many options out right. there. There's just so many. Because you can watch it watch. on your phone. You, you can, can watch, watch everywhere. it on your phone. People want speed more. The greatest threat to, to professional sports is social media. It's yeah. because you, people's attention spans are not. Let me watch anything right. for three hours. Football has the best setup because the least amount of games is one day a week. Right. It's you could focus. It's or easy to do. now thir- with, with adding right, that but for all intents right, and purposes, a full suite of games. Right. one day. But always the beauty of baseball was we don't have a clock, right? When you'd hear about yes. baseball, when I was growing up, you know what? It's not football. It's not hockey. It's not basketball. It's not soccer. You're not going to tell us how much time it's going to take to play this game. That's it. We're not we're li- we're not limited to sixty minutes or ninety minutes in. Ho- we're going to play. That's great, but baseball's marching to a point where they can have a game for nine hours nobody's watching. Right, but here's the thing that I don't like, and I don't want to sound like the guy on my lawn. I, if you're going to play baseball, if you're going to have a doubleheader, you're only playing seven innings for a doubleheader rather than nine. Mm. Is that I, a new thing? I, that's That just came into play. That's stupid. Now, to me, I don't know why the players wouldn't be up in arms over that because, first of all, I'm down one nothing seventh inning. I don't got a shot now to get it. Or... If my contract says if I hit 325 or 300 or whatever, I get X amount of money, you know, as a bonus. Now I got two less at bats maybe in, in in two games that I'm going to get a chance to get a hit or whatever. Yeah. That's not going to speed up the game. A one nothing game may be going an hour and a half. So what are you going to do? Because the pitching, the thing is, but baseball is is really struggling with ratings, and you show when it, it you also see it at the game. If you ever watch a game where you go to, right. there's nobody there. It's not what it was where you're getting crowds. Well, I think, don't you think go. when the, everything loose, yeah, loosens maybe up when somewhat, loosen it up, will? Even before that, it was seen. And maybe we'll see, again, you're right. Maybe you have to see once I think the pandemic is done. The Mets will draw more when, you know. But but it always comes down to, and this is why I'm bringing this up. With the, you got a great pitching matchup. That's, if you got the DeGrom against, let's say, Kershaw. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to tune that game in. You know what I mean? To me, that's because, you know, the one reason why, 
DeGrom gets the ball, he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, no, no, I'm shaking you off. I'm, sh- I'm going to step off. There's never anybody on base anymore in baseball. Because no. there's, there's no home runs or nothing. There's home, you don't see anybody going first to third anymore. No. You don't see anybody bunt. The stolen base, I saw, it was the Yankee game. I watched a few minutes of it. Nobody on first, guy on second base, ball hit to the shortstop. The, sec- the guy on second base runs to third. And he gets thrown out of third base. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to run. What are you running for? There was a pirate that hit a home run the other day, a Pittsburgh pirate. He misses first base. Mm-hmm. He gets thr- and then he gets called out because you missed. He missed fr- simple little things mm-hmm. like this, like baseball mm-hmm. one hundred and one. There's no, it's not taught anymore mm-hmm. because it's either jack it out or strike out. And the strikeout used to be the big th- like when you struck out two hundred times in a game, you were, you know, you were looked at as like what the hell is going on with you. Now yeah, it's right. it's simple and it's easy and it's, it's nobody cares. It's there's no shame to it anymore. Well, it's and like the it's it's and. You hear some of the similar conversations with the with the with the criticism of basketball that everything is a three point shot now. Right. I think that baseball is on a completely different level. It, baseball is one of the first sports to really integrate with like the analytics of oh, it, the small way ball. too much. And then now baseball is just the analytics people have taken it to I think the ends where you've completely taken the human element out of the game where everybody's making these calculations in their head where it's a strikeout. Or it's a home run, well, and that's the, the game. The Yankees analytics, they said at one time, here's how we win. We hit two home, we hit two home runs a game, mm-hmm. we score five runs, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Which is nonsense, mm-hmm. because they've lost seven to five sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're pit- you can't just say, if we do this, that's, yeah, you want to score runs, but you still want to score one more run. Just saying we're going to score five runs a game, we're going right. to win it. It's not going to happen. Right. It doesn't happen. Look at their record. They're like 500. Right. With a team that's supposed to have... You know, a superstar at every every position. But it's just not. All these analytics suddenly made the movie Moneyball like a dark tale of what was to come. Where when you first watched Moneyball, it's like, oh wow, it's a nice underdog story. Now it's just like, it's well, it's the, robotic. They they touch on that in the game in the in the, in the movie, movie too, yeah. where it's like at the end of it, like all these jobs that were done by people, they're going to be done by right. robot, and essentially that's what. Sort of, you're you're kind of like that man versus machine kind of conflict, and with baseball, it's really confronting it because they're the GMs now and the and the prospect people. They're not looking for does this player run the base. They're not looking for what they used to look at. They're looking at can they hit home runs. They're not looking at the complete right. player. No, 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 because it doesn't matter anymore. It no. doesn't have value in today's MLB. Whereas in the NBA, people say, well, it's just all about the three-point shot and you can't watch it. And I think that so baseball is, is so controlled, the actions between really the pitcher and the batter, right? right? Whereas in basketball, there's so many different moving parts that right. so much can go on. between. So your eyes doesn't necessarily see. I think that if even if lots of three-point shots are being taken in basketball games, there's so much that goes on in between. Right. There's long passes. There's other things. Well, like where you said about like with the Westbrook thing when we brought that up. It's like, okay, when the more three-point shots, then you're having more battles for rebounds. It creates used to be other things. Right. The Whereas baseball, the action is the pitcher, the batter, and that's it. It's either a right. strikeout or a home run. It's a strikeout or a home but, run at But that you know point. the thing about that, though, too, is though, and I, I just watched a great, because I try and understand some, some sports in baseball a little bit, so I just watched a great, uh, it was like a video, it was a video essay about how baseball is the perfect movie sport. Because you can tell such a story with it, mm-hmm. right? And it, it really becomes like a duel at some point. So in everything that we've talked about today, it's like that 
Honestly, I think what people are craving is personality. Mm -hmm. We've removed a lot of it. Baseball needs to do more of that and not worry so much about, you know, is this, you know, like, 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 like people watched it when it was all homers. They watched it when it was, but it's, you have to bring that connection to people into the game. And that's what I think that a lot of the, the sports they're suffering aren't doing that. Well, Steven brought it up. Movement. There's no movement. There's nobody on base. There's no first to third. There's no stolen base. There's no bunting. There's no, no things that go on. In the NBA, yeah, there's constant movement. There's a shot you know is going to come within 24 seconds. The shot's coming sooner or later. We're going to play great defense, but a great defensive battle, too. You want to see a guy stop a guy, have to give the ball up, whatever. Right. In baseball, it's like, well, we don't have a clock, and we're not going to do it. But, yeah, but it takes if, – if there's – they used to say speed slows the game down because they throw to first base. Now they limit the amount of throws to first base, but – I'm saying, big deal. Nobody's on base anyway. Yeah. Oh, you can only limit. We're going to limit maybe how many times you could throw at a first mm-hmm. base. How many times you could change your pitcher. Right. You bring in a pitch. They do all that stuff, and guess what? All it's doing is taking away from the game. But it's not making the game any better. No, it it's made the game more efficient. But because what the Moneyball people started to realize, and in a lot of the dialogue in, in in that movie and the studies that they did, where you know one of the lines from Moneyball is, "I pay you to get on first, not get thrown out at second. Right. So teams realize the analytics people. Have basically dis and and they've brought it down to the managers to teach this new style game. Don't steal bases because you could get thrown out. Right, you're wasting out. And yeah, that might be more efficient because you save the outs. But the best part of the best part of sport is the unexpected. Right, it's the wow. It's like you, you're gonna yeah maybe he gets thrown out but maybe he doesn't. Right, and you know. And if they do get thrown out, that's great for the team rooting for the right. for the ca- for the catcher throwing right, them out. Right. There's, there's something to get excited right. about. Whereas you know how great it is somebody trying to steal the base, the catcher gets it, throws it down to second base. That's like it's a great play because it can yeah. go with the center field. The of guy can course. go to third. But I saw like they didn't know how to run the bases. Like they walked in basically to a triple play. It was I forget who the Cubs were playing. The Pirates. The Pirates. The Pirates yeah. It was like. They didn't even know where to go. They're like, oh, do I go back to first? No, tagged out. Do I go to the second? The, the rundown, the guy on first base right. who got into a rundown. Right. Where just And yeah. then they're throwing two guys out and then tagging him yeah. out. I'm like, you don't even nobody's time to have to run a base anymore. Well, no wonder nobody watches. That's so sad. Like well, the best part of a sport, you don't want to watch a math problem. No, you want to watch right. sports. That's baseball's right. become. And, and it's I too, it, like they say, it's too analytical. And to bring it, it on is. your earlier point about social media, it does, because like you said, the games like jokingly can go on for nine hours, but they can, especially with extra innings. And like, I'm, I know I bring it to like me, I'm just a small sample size, but instead of watching that eight, nine hour game where maybe one home run happens or one crazy, like somebody tries to steal a base and the pretty much the rest of it is just a robotic, okay, you've seen this before a thousand times. You can watch the five-minute recap of the game that happened on social right. media the next day. Because after the game ends, the very next day, they have the, the highlights posted the next day. Right. Yeah, That's all you the, watch. The, the, and the, congratulations, the, there's another baseball game tomorrow and the day after that right. and the day after that. So it's like, if you're the marginal customer, why would you care to right. watch it? And you, yeah, you can't be both games. ways, though. I We don't have a clock. You can't tell us. But right. now... We're, we're going to play extra innings, but we're going to start a guy on second base. Yeah. that That's another rule which drives me crazy. It take, It's not the same game anymore. No. You know, I know they do it in hockey. They play overtime. It's, it's three on three and whatever, and then there's a shootout. Because hockey, I you know, you want to end it at a certain point. But it's been done before. But this is your totally changing. And that only ups the excitement, the four on four. Baseball yeah. is nine innings. It's always been nine innings. Now you're playing a doubleheader, seven innings. 
And Where's then, the seven inning stretch? That was the thing. Oh, we're going to stretch because you knew baseball was going to take forever. When did that happen? Uh, two years ago, I think it came into effect. That it, it, it's two years, but you can't have it where. And I know I said it a couple of times. We don't have a clock, but our games take too long. Well, it's because you don't have a clock, mm-hmm. and you try to institute a pitcher gets the ball, you got to throw within twenty seconds. Batters step. How many times did batters step out? Then they were supposed to say you can only step out once. Adjust my glove, adjust my hat. I gotta make the jock strap is still there. Okay, I gotta look. I gotta make my shirt is right. I got my lamp black on. I'm gonna go back in. Strike two. I'm gonna come back out. I'm gonna change my glove. It takes forever. I, and I don't know the solution either because if you are a GM, your job is to win games. Right. And so you have to like you do have to look for the efficiency. And when you're trying to be efficient, trying to be efficient, you might win more. But it's taking an element of like the human element right. out of it that's like you want to see a double in the gap right oh wow a center a maybe center somebody was going to be arm. thrown out maybe he could throw him out right. like, you don't get that anymore no. because you're trying to be efficient and you're trying to win games but everybody is and it's kind of bringing everybody to this really weird middle right and then they're saying and Oh, we can't. We shouldn't have a shift any. You know, like the shift. Like guys will say, "Well, the guy's always going to pull it to the." I'm going to have all my guys over here. They're saying, "No, we're going to out." Well, then, if if you see everybody on the left side of the infield, hit the ball the other way yeah. once in a while, guys. Drop like a some, bunt down. I feel like some of the also like they try to take the human element out of like the wrong aspects. And like you like you're like saying, okay, you know, nobody bunts anymore, nobody steals base anymore. That's like the interesting things you'd love to see all that. But then, like to me, one of the biggest things that Fans and people get mad as the human element of the umpire. The strike zone is whatever right. they determine right. it to be. Right. That should That's be robot. That to me yes. should be robotic empires. That. that is so true. So you have a same, but it's like you take the human element out of the human error, but then you let the players play and maybe try to steal a base, maybe and try well, to steal a run. Dad, wasn't there in the in the, in the NBA in the MLB finals this year? Excuse me. Didn't the Rays at one point? Take out a pitcher because the analytics said if he pitched the right. inning, exactly. That it would because again, Dad, I don't really pitched, watch a whole ton no, of baseball I don't, anymore. I only, it wasn't a raised pitcher taken right. out in the you, sixth inning, even though he was like he was he's killing got too many, Why would you take the exactly? But the analytics, analytics said, said if he goes in well, the next inning, he's going to give up a. You home know run. what? Too, and I because I, I want to get to Samuel L. Jackson. I'm going to cut yeah, a couple please, of things because I the main event right. Yes. But the, the thing was too. Remember the Cleveland Browns? They had that whole analytical team, mm-hmm. a few, and then. They went nowhere, and they yep. said, "Guess what? You're all out. Right. You're fired because you can't go by analytics playing football. You can't teach. Well, a well, guy should be able to tackle after three yards. And now it's football. Well, I think you could. In it I think works football for has a good balance where you could leverage it. Like, okay, third and nine. Eighty percent of the or seventeen percent of the time, you're going to have success doing like the, right. the Ravens use it because okay, third and three, they have. I know that John Harbaugh, I think, as a behavioral economist who runs this numbers, right. and it's like we have a fifty-two percent chance if we run this play, right. and so yeah. But with football, there's an array of different plays you can yes. run, and so much can happen, and it gets the team you're playing. But yes, too. here's the big problem with baseball. Uh, with this for baseball. Baseball's driving force is its nostalgia and Americana. Just like mm-hmm, we were talking right, about with Canadian. Right. You cannot... You've now killed that. It, you're doing a good job at killing that so much. Where you're trying to do all this stuff. 
that like now spider tack is the most interesting thing we have to talk about with baseball. Well, that's and that's and that's sad. And that's if you want baseball to come back, you have to. And you're saying you're going to apple check pie. these guys. That my biggest thing is now you're going to check these guys a certain amount of times per game. Mm-hmm. When you're saying we want to speed up play, oh, got to check you. I mean, Aralis Chapman for the Yankees. I thought it was a beauty mark that he had on his neck. It was pine tar. He just mm-hmm. had it, and he would. But it was. Hey, every pitcher's doing it. It's okay, Aralish. You can do it too now. But now, a couple of players speak up. Spin rate. I've never seen a pitch like that before. Now they're freaking out. But you can't have it both ways. They've lowered the. You know, they. It's 1968. It was the year of the pitcher. They lowered the mound because they said the pitcher's higher. So they, they lowered it like five inches the mound to say, oh, now we're going to give hitters a chance because pitchers were dominant. So they changed rules to try to make it better. But it's still baseball. Baseball in 1968 is way different than baseball in 2021. Oh, much. And baseball in 2021. Much different. But everything is different. Well, yes. You don't have, you have day games in Major League Baseball in 1968. World Series games were played. It was totally different. You didn't have 5,500 commercials in it either. That's another thing that makes baseball games go forever. It wasn't Twitch in 1968. People didn't have other things. Like, baseball was a big thing because of what you could do was more limited. Now you just have... Everything. Right. I did right. really, a really interesting study, though, like that during the pandemic, yes, everybody wants sports to come back first. That was the first thing because right. it, it is a connecting point. I was for a watching damn MLS soccer. Yeah. Because I needed yeah. something. Be- yeah, exactly. So back. people have that need. It's still there. The thing is, the way we consume it is different, yeah, but the right. eyes are still there. Right. But it's, and we want it. We still want that yeah, but stuff. But it's niche. It's going to be niche like everything. It's because you just, everybody has a smorgasbord of content. You have no no single human, if they spend every minute of their life watching Netflix, could get through everything. If one, like, there's just so much right. on there. There's And, and Netflix well, isn't the only one. You have, yeah, well, you're, you're trying. You have Disney. You have HBO Max. You have every network. You have Hulu, Peacock. You Paramount, have Hulu. Right. You have what? Uh, Paramount. Paramount you yeah. have well, nobody's the, got the attention. Like you're saying, nobody's got the attention span to sit for three days. Unless you're, but it appeals, and I'll just say, Major League Baseball appeals to guys that are past their prime. Guys in their 60s that are like, okay, game's on at 7 o'clock, I'm up till 10, three hours. After that, I'm going to bed, regardless. The problem is, right, that consumer is not reproducing because the new, not that they're not reproducing, I just mean like, their kids eventually, like their kids, right. are not having those patterns, right? Correct. You know what I mean? And right. yeah, I like I like baseball. I'm a sports fan, right? I love you. I love baseball. But I do. I love baseball, watching, but I can't. I, I cannot. If I watch ten games a year, that's I haven't watched watch the Yankee game this year yet. To be no. perfectly honest, I haven't watched. Well, first of all, I don't have the Yes Network because my cable, you know, I don't get it, but. I can That's a whole do, other thing. I can do what you can do. I go on my phone. I see the highlights. I look at the score. Yankees are losing seven nothing. I didn't waste two. And it's the seventh inning, and the game started at seven. It's ten o'clock, and it's um, it's still got two ways to go. It's consum- three episodes of Peaky Blinders. Consumers exactly. want stakes to things too. So right. every every league has a struggle of getting their fans to watch a regular season game. Yeah. Football has the shortest, and every game kind of feels like. It's every game has playoff implications in the NFL because right. the season is so short. But the NBA, even hockey, even eighty games is still a lot right. because it's hard to make a say to a customer this thirty ninth game. 
right in mid February right. matters. It, I, it, 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 in the grand scheme of things, that one and now maybe you look back and you lost the game, you lost the, um, you missed the playoffs by a game and you won that you were in. But there's no way of knowing that then. No, and it's just it's. But with baseball being 162 games, there's. It feels and they're expanding no the playoffs too now. They're, yeah, they're going to add more teams to it too. I think they should expand the playoffs, shorten the regular that would season. Make, play one fifty four like they used to play. Uh, but but to your point, baseball is the most resistant. Oh, yeah. to change the 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 baseball fans are the most resistant to yeah. change. They don't want the. You know, there's always a debate between the DH and the pitcher. Just, right, they just still get don't. rid out of the damn pitchers hitting. If you want to, yeah. you can. But have the, you know, like, there are just common sense things they could do. But the one thing they seem to buy into quick was the analytics. And I think that that's the thing that has hurt the game pretty bad from a narrative right. and fun standpoint. From right. that, like, my dad taught me how to play this game. We would do it in the front yard. So I'm going to pass that down to my kid, the generational thing. But now it's like... Well, the numbers state that if this person... Right. I'm like, this, it, like, who, like who gives Mickey Mantle be replaced in the eighth inning for a pinch hitter because he didn't hit on a you know on a sunny day at 3 o'clock, Mickey doesn't hit well. we got to take him out of the game. Well, Come he, on. And right, here's the, the thing, right, in that race, the race scenario I was giving you. The guy that replaced him, the guy that replaced him didn't he give up a home run right, right. in that Rays game where the yeah. pitcher was... Yeah. He, it was like, oh, he, he's at X number of pitches in the seventh inning. He's pitching great. Right. We have to take well, him out. Well, look at one game. They started nine relievers. It was an inning apiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's another thing. Like, okay, we're going to pitch this guy one in. Pitch this guy one in. We're starting pitching. You can't get a guy to pitch. Please. I'm not even against that aspect of it. I think it's if that's going to help you, that's fine. You're one inning, one inning. Right. I think the problem with baseball and why it's being hit the hardest is it is when it comes down to it, it's one-on-one matchups, right? Right. Whereas in football... For, you could say, like, this play is the play to run because it's the most efficient, but there's 11 different matchups that right. matter that make it, that at least raise the stakes. And the play can break down. The play can break down. Right. Baseball is a team game that doesn't need the team. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. ba- yeah. Mikey, Absolutely, Mikey, that is exactly it. It is a team game that really comes down to one matchup, the pitcher and the batter. It's exactly. a consistently interchanging 1v1. Yep. Hockey, you could try to, you could try to, and, and to, a lot of a lot of basketball purists are upset because it's just a three point shot. But but think about how much has to go on for the player to get open to right. take the shot, and then after that, the re- what that creates. Well, and think well, about what it, gets a lot of highlights too, they though, in the NBA. The shot. Exactly. When somebody posterizes somebody else, though, too. Yeah. I mean, so you know that play is at least it's still exciting, or something could happen. This guy's going to get slammed on. Or I'm going to hit a big three. I'm going to hit it from like basically just over midcourt. There's excitement there, but you know it's it's going to happen within a 24 second period, right? Where it, it could take five minutes for one pitch to be thrown at one point. If I can give credit to the NBA for like so, for example, like the 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 money ball comp to the NBA is Daryl Morey, who's now running the Sixers, right? And a lot of there was a lot of questions. I mentioned him earlier about Ben Simmons. Can he play in this NBA because he he's not a shooter, right? The analyst Analytics say you need to hit for okay. He's not a great shooter, but if you look at the you look at the analytics, he sets up his assists to three yeah. point shooters because yeah. his ability to drive and kick. Exactly. So he has found and he's been able to use the numbers, take this person's skill set. 
He's not gonna. He's net. Even if he works on, maybe if he works on, he could be. He's a world class athlete. Maybe he could be a three point shooter. But he has adapted his game and he's set up. Uh, he's yes. used, he's leveraged his skill set to fit into today's game. And Daryl Moore, that that style of basketball is still exciting to me. Maybe it's just because I'm just more well. Of a it's basketball like what fan. a pitcher's trying to do in baseball. I'm gonna throw it to set up my other guys to yes. make that out or to do yes. something here. But it's not exciting, you know. But it's just not that same. Right, like the ground ball pitcher doesn't exist anymore. Like no. where it's like you bring in this guy because you're going to ground into a double. Right. No, it's like this is a strikeout pitcher. Right. And that ground ball, just hearing the crack of the bat, uh, right. there's that chance. Maybe it could gets lead through. to an error. Could maybe, get something. Maybe. And baseball's taking out that maybe. Right. You know. And once that, you get guys on base, which is the funnest of baseball. Part. Well, you notice when you get guys on base. The, the infielders don't know what to do when there's a guy on base, and it seems like the runners no. don't know what to do. I'm on first base. Wait a minute. Am I supposed to go? What do I do? And it's hit to what, like, all right, do I do? It just doesn't seem like it's a natural flow of the game anymore because there's not a lot of people on. It's not a great game to watch. You know, it's it's not. It's slowed down even more to me. But Well, there's, there's just one thing. It's like in the whole story of baseball, in fourth grade, they announced over the loudspeaker in my school that I believe it was David Cohn uh-huh. got a perfect game. Like that was yeah. in my school. They stopped the day to announce, announce that. that. Um, so it's like that. That happened. There's being more perfect games. Right. Now. There's but more no hitters now. No hitters exactly. Now. I think there's five already. You know, like, maybe, which yeah. is insane. Instead of swinging, like you know, instead of just bunting it or swinging just to get on base, you're swinging for the fences or you're missing, but you're sh- right. you're you're swinging at every pitch because you're trying to just crack a home run. I, I, David David Cohen was the Yankee, right? He yeah, he was, he, 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 he was yeah, a Met for a while. Too. He was yeah, a Met. He was Kansas he, City Royal too. But Dad, I, I think I do have one solution: just put a Rod in charge of Commissioner. We'll of have absolutely and, because uh, then everybody can do whatever you want to do. That's We're going to have eighteen guys on the field go. at one time. We got to bring back the but narrative I do, I do, baseball. Do think because I want to get to Samuel L. That a Rod does like Samuel L. Jackson. I think everybody well, everybody likes everybody Samuel Jackson. So he and we're going to one American that maybe can bust through this partisan. We are going to. That's right. Everyone. I think he doesn't want. A-Rod in the Hall of Fame, but that's beside the point. So he mentioned his top five movies, Samuel L. Jackson, that he, he's that, he, that he's in. That he's in, that, that he's he in. likes. Can you go five to one? Will you go five to well, one? Well, he didn't really do it five to one. He just oh, came off the just, top of his head. But I'll, okay. I'll, I'll start from the bottom. Uh, 187 was one of his movies that okay. he, he... Red Violin. Okay. Jackie Brown. Okay. A Time to Kill. Okay. And the long kiss goodnight. Those were his top five Those are films his top five that movies. he's been in. And now they were from 1996 to 98 when his career, he said, really started to boom. These were movies he made like five movies in these two years that really cranked him out. And what he thought were like the time where his career was going. Like, and he also said, look, I'm not one of those guys. Like when my movie's on, I'm like, I can't watch myself. He says, yeah, no, he's if yeah. it's on, I'm watching it. Yep. Unless he said, I love the Godfather. If that's on, I'll watch that. If there's something else, but he said, if, I'm going to stop by. I'm not going to say I'm not one of those people that don't watch my movies. Which so, I respect. I think there's I have, an honesty to that. He, I'm stunned because... He didn't that, mention Pulp. Because in right. that period, right? Nine, Pulp Fiction is 94. Right. right. Is it 94? It's, it's right. 94, yeah. Yeah. But that was a big ensemble thing, too. Sure, it, made Travolta, it helped Travolta's career sure, more. But everybody Samuel quotes L. Samuel L. Jackson. Well, yeah, no, I'm not saying... Right. He takes... And that's, I think, his lone Oscar nominee is Best Supporting for... Pulp Fiction. Right? Well, he, he didn't get it for Snakes on a Plane. Though, right? Well, he should. Well, he should have got. Um, 
But no, so I'm surprised he wouldn't mention because before Pulp Fiction, he wasn't a star. No, no, no. no. But he, he was, was in film. But he no, was, I know. He had been in things. But I think A Time to Kill is, is a great movie. Though. Yeah, that's what was really two of those. Right, yeah, no, that's what, Jackie Matthew Brown, McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, Jackie two of those Brown five and A Time sense. to Kill to me are, Jackie are really they make well, sense. Well, those There's are the one two, Mike. that you and I watched a couple of times. SWAT. Yes, SWAT. With Farrell, Michelle Rodriguez from The Fast well, and I, Not So Furious anymore. Yeah. Ian Donaldson got me SWAT on DVD from uh, Toys R Us for like a penny through some... You gotta love And I SWAT. watched that DVD all the... I loved that movie. SWAT. Jeremy Renner's first big movie. He's just been in so... You're not feeling me, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. I know we've mentioned it, but just... He's been in the Avengers fr- franchise. Right. He's in the, Star Wars. The Star Wars just, franchise. Can I just give just my some numbers? Two? SWAT, Shaft, yeah, of course. and a Negotiator. Those Another are yours. Movie. Those are my three. Oh, the, those, those are, are some your of three. Those are that, some oh, of mine. I'm sorry, I didn't know you. No, that's okay. Those are some that. of my. I, I I can list a lot. Yeah. I like a lot of Samuel L. Jackson it's movies. Very, very, very. I love him in Shaft. Django Unchained. Django. Yep. You know, with uh, with the the, Tarant- the other Tarantino sure the you know, Tarantino. If we're keeping in Tarantino, I really liked his. What movie is the Hateful Eight? Yeah, I liked Hateful him in that. Eight. That was great. But uh, just some numbers here: Samuel L. Jackson as an actor has 194 credits on, on right. IMDb. I mean, which is he's probably made it's about. Insane. What is he, he worth? About Mike, 300 million. To this day, he's got to be worth about 300 million. To this day, I could text Mikey a phrase, and I know what his response will be. The other guys where he plays the cop. Yeah, that, you know that where I'll text Mike. You thinking what I'm thinking? Just randomly, every uh, once in a while, I th- I go. You thinking what I'm thinking? And Mikey knows aim, aim for, the for the bushes because of that scene where they're the the hero cops the other and guys. they die. You know yeah. they, they splat on the off, pavement. They jump off of a building. Something wrong with those guys? And they're like. You know, there was not even an awning or anything on the side. What are they jumping you for? Twelve million dollars of property damage for like wait, it was. it was like a like a dime yeah, bag of weed. It, he was like, yes. you're welcome. And you're welcome, and we do it. But again. he can do comedy, he can do anything. drama. He's Samuel Jackson. I don't have to say this. I think I'm not speaking out of school. He's very good. Yeah. I like. I like. Yeah. I really do like. But I always love to. I, it's I a bold claim, Dad. By it is, but I'm going out. <laughs> I mentioned it to changing lanes with with Ben with Ben, ben Affleck. with Ben Affleck with Ben Simmons with Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. <laughs> that was a great movie. <laughs> when I mentioned to Dad too, is just how many movies I didn't even think that he was in. Like he was in like Die Hard three. He gets into, but also even like for two scenes, he's in Goodfellas. It's just like yeah, he's, he's in. He is in he's everything. In Die Hard. That's right. You you just even forget. right Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he well, gets yeah. one of the most memorable lines in Jurassic Park he's in it for two seconds yeah. hold on to your butts you like that's like you'll never forget that <laughs> he's yeah, in it for two seconds and he steals the damn scene the, uh, the original Jurassic Park that's crazy and he's got one of the greatest scenes in movie history in one of the most terrible movies Deep Blue Sea he well, gives he gets his, eaten by the yeah he gives yeah. this whole big inspiring speech where yeah. we're gonna you know turn this place back on live we're gonna get the, and then a shark jumps out of the water crawls <laughs> yeah. up on land eats and pulls it back in movie's terrible but that scene is right Samuel fantastic. L Samuel L Jackson yeah. and how much money in the money bank must he have that's what I was thinking I'm gonna give me your, give me your three because we've been going on here and I'm I'm, I'm keeping you guys from uh, my uh, guess three would be, oh so. I'm going to look up because we'll, we'll say well, that, no. Look, I I I give obviously great deference to to Samuel Jackson on his own catalog, but I think as a fan, right? So that like these are his. You're for, you for pick him, whatever, right? How he wants, but if you're a fan of his, 
and you're a fan of movies, I think you have to include Pulp Fiction. Like you just yeah, for for no Samuel L. Jackson's the only person I will accept a Samuel L. Jackson not including I, Pulp Fiction. I just Googled I just Google Samuel so, L. Jackson that uh we anybody want to take a guess? I would say four hundred million? Less. Two hundred and twenty million? More. Two hundred and seventy five million. Less. Two hundred and fifty. That's he's still worth not the, bad. Worth Are you kidding? That's still not, not bad. bad. That's he, fine. He should be one B. Two billion for all the joy he's given us. This might be, you know, like a year or two ago. You know, what I mean, because and also, it's we, also don't the know, we don't know exactly. What those are all like, in, you know, yeah, right. That's, that's, that's like under it, but, but I'm saying, saying yeah. like they don't necessarily know. Fully no, but I, I got a feeling whatever he's got, he's worth. I mean, let's be honest. But no, his, his, he's underpaid. Capital One card commercials alone. I mean, come on, that's what I'm saying. It's if you, you know, I mean, come on, the they're great. Have. They're fantastic commercials. I, 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 I never agree. joke about hot cheese counter. Speaking <laughs> of, with Charles Barkley's in those commercials. I mean, come it on. brings it full circle. Yeah, I got to tell you, I crack up every time when he's on the basketball court with the little kids, and they pick, and he goes, "Yes." I told you she'd pick me at first. And the other kids are looking at him like, what the hell? Well, He's anything that, if you put Charles Barkley, Shaq, or Samuel L. Jackson in a commercial, I'm probably buying it. You're watching. <laughs> I mean, definitely yeah. watching. Well, I don't have the general insurance, but I, was I, lo- say, I love it. Shaq's credit score is really bad because he kept opening up uh, Discover <laughs> yeah, right. credit cards. Right. Right. Yes. Of, All right, so give me your three because I've taken you guys. I've, well, I've taken this a Steven's long Steven's up. He just gave. Steven, what did you got? Pulp Fiction? I have to put Pulp Fiction. Um, I mean, to pick... So you can give me three. You don't have to give me five. So, okay. Uh, Any of these okay. on the list, though, that, you, that I what said? I will say, okay, Pulp Fiction has to be on there. Right. I'm going to put Changing Lanes on there. Changing because, Lanes? Because, because anyone who knows me knows if there is an actor I will stand up he for. He likes to change lanes? Is ben that... Affleck. I oh. think he's the most He's a consummate Ben Affleck defender, Stephen. My wife agrees with me on this. Well, that Hollywood likes to like Ben Affleck is every bit the actor Matt Damon is. So let's just get that out of the way. And I'm so let's get that. Let's just let's just because this he is got, a whole he other this unfairly, is a whole other podcast. Whole other he got podcast. unfairly crucified we will do for doing a podcast one or two on bad movies. So the fact that Samuel L. Gave that credibility to Ben Affleck early in his career by doing Changing Lanes with him. I'll put Changing Lanes on there, and I have to put. Is it okay if I pick the third as like the Avengers? You can absolutely. It doesn't matter. It's what I want to see. That Nick Fury character was awesome, and I think too because yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. You wouldn't have the series if you didn't have him. Can I? He was the per. He was the glue. Yep. He was the glue to that whole. Can I just say one thing? I like. Ben Affleck a lot more now that he's dating J-Lo again. Yeah. Took him from, who did he take him from? (laughs) Mr. Steroid. Couldn't keep her. Oh, wow. Couldn't keep her. And now he's posting things (laughs) on, look at my body, look at my body. I didn't even think about that angle. So I got to go Ben Affleck. But I like both of them, again. So I, you like, like, in the Ben Affleck. You like J-Lo and Ben Affleck? I like all of them. (laughs) In this dispute, I'm Rob Lowe with the NFL hat again. Yeah, but who wouldn't make that party? Steve find that middle. Who's getting cut out of that party? A Rod, because he's got to be commissioner of the MLB. He's not going to the A list party. He's not getting the Hall of Fame. Mikey, give me three. I will. uh, I'm going to give like these three are obviously not. I'm not saying his best. These are three that I love. I'm putting the other guys because he's in for a scene. But that that's still again one of the most quoted between. Yeah, you're right. I I love that movie. So there's for putting that because that's not even his movie. Other guys with. 
with that's the Will Ferrell uh, and Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg movie. Right. And it's, so there's that. They, they have the best parts. I'm putting right. uh, the Kingsman is up there. He was great because because wow. think of that in that movie Samuel Jackson. Wow. You think about him. He's the villain. He's a typical badass dude. But that. he's in it. He's playing a dude with a lisp and he's being all funny and he can't look at blood. He gets all like, ah, like he gets eat. It's it's he's a, playing not, against type. He's not the yeah, badass. But that's that the field. thing. He right. can play any any type that he wants he to. And so, Damn. I don't know, I might, I guess for the third, it's really a toss, because I love so much of his movies, but maybe I might keep it in his realm, and Jackie Brown is probably one of Jackie the best. Jackie Brown is a great movie. It's one of the too. best Tarantino I movies. I think what we're doing, Mike, is we're keeping Jackie Brown, and we're keeping um, A Time to Kill, and we're adding yeah. three to that. So that's already on there. You're not you're not losing that one, right. if we're going by our rules here. Yeah, because I Jackie Brown's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Pam Greer. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Shaft because Shaft is a great movie. No, too. I, that's why. I Better didn't. than that, the sequel. I love the sequel to Shaft. And by the way, that was sort of like Christian Bale's. Bale's, yep, right. You know? uh, it's really hard. I'm just gonna go uh, a little bit different here, only for me. The first thing I saw him in was Jurassic Park. So, okay. and I and I love that line. Hold on to your butts from Jurassic Park. Uh, then, uh, because Uncle Steve worked on it. We we talked about it. Uh, Die Hard, three Die Hard with a Vengeance, and and then of course Pulp Fiction. I can't not okay. have Pulp Fiction on there. So those, that's my three, and then of the five. So well, Vanessa Williams, who is I, I loved her in Chef too, but um, Tony Collette. That's the other. That's Tony right. Collette was Tony very Collette good in that, that movie too. And of course, let's not forget Richard Roundtree. Okay. Well, we'll never the forget Shaft, Richard okay? Roundtree. He is so let's the let's not shaft. even kid ourselves. How and, great and the greatest line is too. in the in that Shaft movie is "It's my duty to please that booty." <laughs> that's right. He, that's a constitutional that, duty that is that's, enshrined. You have to take the oath to to please the booty. That is that right. That's a constitutional. All right. So now, what were your that you gave me all? Of you should give me all your. Well, shit? I gave two, but I guess just for the sake of well, you adding. Gave Jackie, you gave Jackie. Brown. Well, well I mean, Jackie Brown was, was already on his list. I so could we, say like we agree with Samuel L. on some of these. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. I could, but if I had to give like another third, and this is more my uh, Star Wars, uh, I want to go Star Wars, but I'll go Episode Three, Return of the uh, what was it, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. because. That is easily the best of the... I'm not going to go into a whole Star Wars rant, but it's easily the best of the prequels, and you cannot fault any of the actors for those bad decisions that those movies made, and he made Mace Windu an amazing character. He did. I would he agree. Made he it, absolutely. really did. He, re- like, he you did look the at, best with the dog shit he was given. Yeah, if you look at Mace Windu and you look at Obi-Wan, Ian McGregor and, and uh, Samuel Jackson did everything they could with those roles. They they made it perfect. Can I make one point about Samuel Jackson in, you, Star, in Star Wars? Yeah. So much of that was filmed by himself on a green screen. Yep. And they yeah. edited the other, like those fighting scenes. That's like a lot of that is him by himself. Well, because and no actor could work with Especially with Yoda. Yeah. Especially with the Yoda, where it's a lot of his it's character CGI. is Only the him. first movie He's had a puppet. He's doing that by himself. And one of the so, and another thing, I'll just this is a little Star Wars fact. One of the funniest things ever was behind the scenes thing. You could look it up online, but uh, he's discussing his lightsaber color with George Lucas, and George Lucas says, "Well, good guys get green or blue, bad guys get red." And he's like, 
well, what about a purple lightsaber? And he's like, you might get purple. And that's it. <laughs> that He opened up the floor to, okay, you can have other colors that just, you know, blue and green and, and be a good guy. it's the lightsaber in oh, Star man. Wars. Take it, it from says, a man who's got a lot yeah. of them. I yeah. only have one, Dad. Okay, go ahead. What are your... Uh, what are I just your... wanted to add that the cast for Shaft is so stacked that Jeffrey Wright is in the movie, and Jeffrey wow, Wright is... that's so true. He's like, he's so amazing, Jeffrey Wright. He, he, Westworld, and he's the Felix Leiter in my in my, my new Bond movies, which right, I love. Right. How about also to show his... Versatility he did uh, Angels in America yeah back in the mid I mean just exactly. a, Jeffrey Wright is a phenomenal actor totally phenomenal actor and rapper Buster Rhymes oh so well, you got you got Buster Jeffrey Rhymes, Rhymes forget Buster about Rhymes that. Tony Collette Buster all Rhymes. in fan of the podcast Ooh, Buster Rhymes uh, so. uh, David Hedaya who's oh, a yeah. famous character actor David Hedaya he was uh, who could forget we could do we could do a whole series was, on David uh, Hedaya. Um, Don't get He was uh, Rhea Perlman's husband. He was, he was yep. Rhea Perlman's husband on Cheers. That's the well, dad from Clueless. When we have content deserts, we'll do a David Hedaya episode, hockey jersey episode. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, that hockey so, jersey Affleck episode. Ben Affleck is underrated there, episode. There's well, no such thing as a content I will with always us. like Ben Affleck more because he took J-Lo away <laughs> from, from that. A-Rod. Rogue A-Rod. You know, or a as we affectionately call him. If I can only... That... Just want to say one show. thing. Brendan White, I always have to mention, we mentioned him last time. He's uh, His record is right now that I could find on, on uh, one, one oh, and he's got a 3.64 ERA. And when he make, he's a guy that pitches for the Tigers. He went to Mayapak High School. Oh, wow. He's a friend of Georgette Fusco. Oh, wow. His mom is very nice. She's a wonderful woman. And I've been following him. He is 1 0. Oh Who is this? Brandon White. He went to Mayapak High School. If you listen to the last podcast, you listen to the last podcast, so he would get mentioned. So he's going to be every podcast, and what he makes and he pitches, I will go see this guy pitch against the Yankees. I will break my because I have not been to the New Yankee Stadium yet. I have still not been. How is that? Wait, I have not been to the New Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I refuse to go to the New Yankee Stadium. Eleven years ago, I will not go to this. It's not really Yankee Stadium. It's it's a mall. It's not Yankee Stadium. But that's that's a whole. It's 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 you took away the whole thing. Dad, at heart, you're a Mets fan. You're a populist. You're a man of the people. I am, but you know you're, what? You got that outer bro. I will say this. Still, best uniform the, in sport is the Yankees home uniform. The Mets, I have to say no, I, I got to say, you're a, at heart, you're a Mets. You're a working I mean, look, class. This is, this is, this this is frightening. My father, I will say this. My father guy. would sleep a lot when I would watch the Yankee games, my dad. But when Tom Seaver pitched for the Mets, he never missed a Tom Seaver start. My father loved Tom Seaver. He was. T- he always say, look, that's the best pitcher that's the guy. That's the way you want to pitch. Look at his like his knee. Look at how low he gets. Look at how he pitches. That was his favorite all time. I was watching the Yankees all the time. He's like, Seavers on, put on the Met. So that we ended on Met though thing. Oh, there's one thing I want to say about boxing, and I'm just going to say this. Oh, this is Sport of Kings. Listen to me. If you can ever get this on YouTube or whatever, the marvelous Marvin Hagler, who could forget Tommy Hearns fight. 1985, uh-huh. three rounds. It was called the fight. When you watch it, they nicknamed it the war. You'll never see three rounds of boxing. It only went three rounds. You've got if you ever want to see because I just saw this thing with this guy Paul against oh, uh, God. yeah, oh, that, yeah. Oh, get God. a um, they don't even deserve to be talked about. Who was about. the uh, no, Floyd Paul, Mayweather? Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather, Logan yeah. Paul. Their names will not be spoken on Please. this podcast. You want to watch? I'd love to get your thoughts on Logan Paul and just him I will, in general. I hate him. Please, but listen. He's ruined America. If you ever want to see great three rounds of boxing, the best fight I've ever seen was that three rounds. There were 
the bell rang. They came out in the middle. They started pounding each other for three minutes. They go back. Boom. It was pound and pound. It was just, there was no like, I'm going to jab a little bit. They came running this out. This when men were men. This that is what I'm 80s. telling you. If you ever want to see the That's best fight born. you can ever That's see right. in three three rounds, get that fight. This so I leave you with that. Men, okay? And that would be me if I was in the ring with A-Rod. He wouldn't last three oh, rounds. Wow. Because I'd wow. get those. Wow. First of all, I'd make sure he didn't have the roids in him. Oh, and we'd man. take him out. Three rounds, he wouldn't last. Thanks for listening to this marathon. Yeah, it's a marathon, a, not a sprint. A really... But a marathon, we did go on, but we had we wow. were off for yeah, a week. So, Mikey, together. you've got some editing. It's like on par for you our have two to You have two. Zach seats. just pulled a pizza out of his that, pocket, right. apparently, that had been yes. there. So, it's uh, hard time. I make, I make no apologies. He couldn't wait for us to stop He couldn't recording. wait. He had to have that, that one cup great pizza. So, uh, you want to take us out? So, I say thank you for listening. Stephen made his way up here from Queens. I did. Which you know you, what I mean? Yeah, you bashed. Well, I don't, I don't want to say like, well, the, the Mets are by from, far the, the Mets are in Queens. In New York City, well, but that's okay. That's true. That might be true. But well, you live in it. So it has. Yeah, I have to have course. a new respect for it. Of course. Zach and Mike, thank you. We were going to do another one uh, very soon with Melissa. We'll be back. James yes, Bond will after return. After a long hiatus. Thunderball. And Brendan White, shout out. Let's go. Shout Save out. baseball, Brendan. There you go, Brendan. Thanks for listening.